Hello, you're listening to the Ghost Light Podcast, Season 3, Episode 1, Divided Kingdom. And there's no music playing. Okay, well, hey, uh, I'm here with my lovely wife, Darcy. Hello. And through the miracles of the internet, we have our friend Amy Bowen in Omaha. Hello. And Ben Pfeiffer in Chicago. Hi. I th- suppose we'll do this like we did it last time and roll out our theme song after, uh, after mentioning that it, of course, changes every, every season. And this season, as is clear already in the uh, cold open before we even get to the, uh, the full-on summary, it is King Lear. So, a little bit of Google Foo, and uh, I found a song called King Lear, by a, uh, performed by a guy named Brendan Nolan. Uh, it's available on his CD, Songbrook. You can find that at cdbaby.com. Um, his website also is uh, brendannolan.com. That's uh, B-R-E-N-D-A-N. I think sometimes it's an E-N. It is. All right. This one's A-N. Uh, but it's originally uh, the, so- the words and music by Con O'Driscoll. And uh, I will put a link in the, uh, in the show notes on this blog to tell you where his uh, music and uh, books can be found, uh, primarily through Amazon and a few other uh, retailers. But with all of that, is everyone ready to listen to our theme song for this season? Ready. See. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's do it. Let's play it. Here it is. You scholars of English, one question I'll ask. To answer, you won't find a difficult task. Of Shakespeare's great heroes, which one would you pick? To award him first prize for being totally tick. Othello, you know, was a gullible dupe. And Hamlet's delaying landed him in the soup. But the stupidest moron in all of Shakespeare was that old king of England, a man they call Lear. Three daughters he had in the course of his life, although we're not told what befell his poor wife. I'll bet she ran off to avoid going insane after years of enduring that pompous old pain. At the Donkey and Crown, where he drank every night, the locals all knew poor old Lear wasn't bright. When they said, Your Royal Highness, we love and revere, the old fool lapped it up and bought everyone beer. At the age of fourscore and in fear of expiring, King Lear told his girls he intended retiring. Of loss of his faculties sadly he moaned, as if he could forfeit what he'd never owned. He said that his kingdom he planned to partition, provided his daughters fulfilled one condition. Before I hand over this rich legacy, you must tell me how much you admire me, said he. Now the two eldest daughters named Goneril and Regan knew well what he wanted, so promptly they began to swear how they always did love and respect him. They thought that the sun rose each day from his rectum. Says Cardelia, the youngest, being honest and true, can't you see, Dad, they're taking the piss out of you? King Lear lost a head and began to scream at her, but still she refused her ill father to flatter. In a rage, the bowler says, I swear on my honour, I'll split my estate between Reagan and Goneril. I've nothing for dealing, no land nor finance. She can pack her belongings and shag off to France. If that's not bad enough, that pathetic old jerk left himself without home, without income or perk. The two vixens took all, and their dad, the old dunce, was to lodge in their houses in alternate months. These daughters, of course, were both nasty old shrews, but in fairness, King Lear gave them every excuse. His boiled eggs were too hard and his gravy too thin, or he got too much tonic and not enough gin. 
So they both found their dad an unbearable bore. Ere the first want was finished, they showed him the door. In those far-off days, there was no county home. So out leer like a tramp round the country did roam. Up to this, he was lacking in guile and in craft. But now the old geezer went totally daft. He ran through the fields and he crawled through the bogs. He was screaming and howling and barking at dogs. But in spite of his faults and ridiculous foibles, he still had a band of devoted disciples. Young Edgar was there and the loyal Duke of Kent, and a man called the fool, quite a sensible gent. One other wayfarer I lad to this roster, t'was Edgar's blind father, the old Duke of Gloucester. He disowned his son, who he thought was untrue. In fact, Lear and himself were of equal IQ. Then they heard the news as they wandered all over. Cordelia arrived at the Ferdinand Dover. Being now Queen of France, she assembled an army, avenging her dad, though she heard he was barmy. So thousands of men in the battle were slaughtered, and victory it went to the two vicious daughters. But they never got to be powerful and rich, overcome as they were by a lecherous itch. For Edgar's half-brother they both wished to own, the same man for the power of his pelvis was known. So one of them poisoned the other one's lager, then did herself in with a seven-inch dagger. Since tragedies must have their audiences crying, there followed a terrible outbreak of dying. Edgar stabbed his half-brother, that Davius L. Crook, and the shock killed his daddy, that's Gloucester's old duke. Cordelia was hanged by a treacherous jailer. Lear died when it struck him that he was a failure. If he only had snuffed it a few years before, he'd have saved everybody all this suffering and gore. All right, what did everybody think? Uh, well, it was acapella. Yes, yes, acapella. Very nice. I like that choice, Paul, to go in that direction. It's a jaunty little tune. It's a jaunty little tune. It's it's uh, yep. it's a uh, silly summary and uh, and uh, you know tells the story of the uh, the play like much like the other two theme songs we've had. So, yep. Um, sure. Full disclosure. Yes. I knew probably about half of Hamlet. Yes. Um, the basic premise of Macbeth. I have no idea what King Lear is about. I am really, really, uh, I'm not very far ahead of you. It's it's a complicated <laughs> it is a, show. It is oh a complicated my God. show. That was, I remember the first time I did that, I remember like having to go back and read and reread and reread because I like kept missing crap. So yeah. there you go. Right. And this is the Shakespeare play that they're going to do in our television show, correct? Yes. Yep. So... Is it is it odd that they chose this one? <clears throat> I mean, we talked about it at the end of uh, season two as to what they would do next. Uh, did anybody mention King Lear? They don't seem to really mention the the next show too often. I mean, I mean us. So, we were, you mean we were, predicting. we were predicting? We were trying like to guess it. the kingdom divided. Yeah, I mean, uh, the, one of the mm-hmm. major plot points of King Lear, as as mentioned in the song, is that he decides he's going to be finished being you know active leader. And divides his kingdom between his three daughters, and except for one of his daughters refuses to uh, to uh, fawn right. over him. Right. So she's so he says, "Okay, well, you're out, and the other two get the kingdom." So that's the div- yep. division. I, of the I, I don't recall anybody predicting King Lear. Nope, hmm. I don't think we did. Surprise! Surprise! I love it. It's it's one of my it's one of my favorite. Uh, well, it's actually, probably my favorite tragedy. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, about all I really knew of it before was the was the storm, right? And the scene with the fool. And what's really great about the show is, I mean, it, it's I don't find it to be overdone. 
Yeah, yeah, you I know. know. It's and like, it's it's partly because it is so complicated. I bet. Probably. So. But there's some nice plum rolls for uh, for some uh, seasoned actresses and well, uh, that's actors. That, that's probably the other reason I like it is it does have you know it's it's one of the Shakespeare shows that has some really great uh, strong female leads. Yes. So. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we should do a 60 second plot summary as we started last season, and I think that I will be the one essaying it, although I didn't really prepare myself much uh, at all, really. Other than I went over the whole plot today, writing it down for the notes for the extended recap. Woohoo! So I will, uh, I will be giving it a shot. Do I want to see what a minute looks like on my, on my own, or do I want to just wait? Go! Oh, 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 hang on. Oh, I'll time you. He's going to time you. Well, he's going to time me. And I'm wondering whether I should see a timer or not. I know some people uh, do that. Who's next next time? Oh, we'll get to that. Never mind. We can do that. Well, we can decide that now If I while I'm working on the timer. We'll actually edit this part out if you well, want. Well, I'll tell you right now that I did the season finale, I think. Yeah, you, you did. did. Mm-hmm. You yes, did. you did. And so Paul's doing it now, so one of the ladies is up. Oh. Yep. Okay. That'll be fine. I can do... I was thinking I could do it next time, of course. All right. There we go. So. Okay. All right, I now I spoke now up. I'm officially volunteering. <laughs> yes. Oh. All right. Okay. Let me know when you're ready, Paul. I am ready. And I'll give you a uh, on Othello. Three, two, one, Othello. All right. So we get a great big spectacle opening of the uh, of the season, and Jeffrey can't handle it. He's overcome with emotion. Uh, after that, he's watching some TV. He has a dream, and uh, in it, Oliver is uh, quoting one of the characters in Lear. Um, and then Ellen calls. Everybody's partying down because they opened. They they moved the season to uh, Broadway after finishing up at uh, New Riverbridge. And there's some uh, people in New in uh, in in uh, New York that are uh, really uh, you know people. Um, then we move on. Uh, Jeffrey has some problems in the bed. Um, and uh, Richard is trying to flirt with a, a fellow administrator, but she really wants to see some art, and he has none. Uh, oh, uh, Darren's doing a musical, and um, he's fallen in love with musical theater, and so that's great. Uh, the, uh, Jeffrey ends up going with uh, with a slightly unknown or less known actor uh, for his main choice of King Lear, and uh, Richard doesn't like it very much. Scene. Ah, one oh four. Well done. I, th- I may have missed a couple of elements. I don't know. You missed uh, the Richard subplot. No, I oh, mentioned that's it. right. Oh, I mentioned the, no, the, the art. You didn't talk about the lady or I the I talked car. about the lady, yes. I talked about, I the, talked the, lady. about the lady, but not the car. Not the car. Well, well done. I'll give it to you. Yeah. All, right. All right. I think that is now the record to beat. Um, I did it at 59 once, I think, but... Yeah, yeah you did. Yeah, but you, like, be... skipped half of them. Well, I skipped a bunch here. You did. So. Uh, it's hard to do it without skipping. It's Let's hard. just put it that yeah. way. Well, mm-hmm. it, and it's it's hard when you realize that you've done about the first five minutes of the show and you're already thirty seconds in. And yeah. Then, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> then you have to start to gloss. Then you gloss. 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 All right. Oh, do we want to go right into the uh, into the full detail recap now? Go for yes. it. Let's All do right. it. All right. Let's do it. So, as I said, we get a spectacle rollout for the new season. I'm sure Jeffrey must have designed this whole thing. He certainly seems like mm-hmm. his, it's it's like his style, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> hey, I liked I liked the the dry ice version of fog versus the fog machine fog. Yes. Yeah. Did you catch it? I I didn't think about it very hard. Okay. No, I like that effect more. But oh, yeah, because I like it because it hangs low to the ground. It doesn't get all up in your business. It's great. You got up in your business. <laughs> Hey, I, I like the fact that it mentioned uh, visit our website right at the very end. I thought that was a nice little. Uh, yeah. Yes. Well, you know the 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 fog. The fog is uh, it's good to have the dry ice fog. Although I suppose it it, it depends. I mean, it, we were using it in enclosed spaces when we were using fog, so it's better to use 
fog juice than it is to use dry ice fog. Yeah, because, well, it also dissipates better. I mean, it depends on the effect. If you want it low and down to the ground, you use the dry ice. Well, if you uh, want it to go crazy all over, then... Well, and, and like I said, we were using ex- enclosed spaces. You don't want to suffocate whoever is operating the fog. Mm. I have I have a comment on this scene. Okay. When I, in my notes, I wrote, hmm... Clearly, with this big production, they're trying to play to their new audience of young people, which they acquired at the end of season two, but I don't see very many such young people in the crowd shots of the audience, although I could be wrong, and it doesn't look like Jeffrey's too happy with this attempt to play to that audience, or that was my first impression. Yeah, I'm not clear on whether this was a press day. This may have been a press rollout, in which case this, the members of the press that he had invited would probably be mostly um, older. Older, it's probably press and makes sense. press and sponsors mostly. Probably, the, yeah, you know, that the, would make sense. The, the youth audience that, that that came out in droves isn't going to have uh, have a sponsorship level. I believe we call that a youth quake. <laughs> that's right. That's a youth right. quake. The youth quake isn't quite not present. Of the forty-five-year-old goth band. <laughs> <laughs> yes, the youth quake may may be up to uh, like. Donating their ratty old car for uh, for for funding the theater, but they're probably not. Uh... He just made fun of my sister, brother-in-law. Excuse me, I missed it entirely. Yeah. Okay. Hello, King Lear. King, King Lear. Lear. Oh, so no, Jeffrey. Jeffrey uh, appears on stage, is about to speak, and suddenly is consumed with sobs and tears, and walks off the stage without saying a word. And it almost seems like it might be a dream sequence, but it, it apparently isn't. Yeah, I, I kind of got that mm-hmm. feeling, too. However, we did get the words King Lear in the first, like, one, two minutes. Yes. Mm-hmm. So there was right out in the open, right from the beginning. beginning. Yes, we, were, we have no question. So after, uh, after Jeffrey stumbles from the stage, then it's nice to take a walk in the rain. Yep. Which is That's the, the which is the opening new th- title? The new theme music, yes. Ah. For season three, the King Lear season, it's about the uh, the king and his fool going for a walk in the rain. That's right. <laughs> which, uh, Couple of, oh. which does up- understate the uh, dr- drama of the scene. A um, couple questions Ooh. or comments mm-hmm. about the, the actual opening titles. Yes. Um, so I scoured and scoured. I may have watched it twice, actually. I did not see Sean Collins' name come up. Mm-hmm. Or Rose McGowan, or not Rose McGowan, what's her name? Rachel McAdams. Whatever. It's the same person. Um, I did see Catherine Finch. That name seemed familiar to yeah, me, that's, and uh, yet... Yeah, Catherine Finch is the uh, is the stage manager, Maria. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's why it seemed familiar to me, because I've seen it on 12 other episodes. I would do it. All right. And then um, when I saw a special appearance by William Hurt... William Hutt. I was disappointed to realize it was William Hutt, not Hutt, William, not Hurt. William Hurt. Yes, yes, that's it. Okay, that song's okay. I like the other songs better. I see. And, and I, I don't know on the uh, on the songs for the. I, I guess I'd have to take a look at it whether they were writing these specifically for this series or if these were pre-existing songs. Mm. Let's look into that we because will. I have to be honest. I really like their their little ditties. Yes. Yeah. Well, my favorite by far is uh, "Call the Understudy." Yeah. <laughs> Good and song. that's that's the one that's at the credits every every episode, right? right. Just about, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it yes. was it was not at the credits on the, the first close one. of the the clo- season close was always the, just the sort of the jazzy music. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, but but it was it did it did appear before the ending credits in the season close of season two because mm-hmm. they sang it in the bar live, quote unquote live. Right, right, right. 
Uh, so, Jeffrey's apparently moping watching TV. Uh, you can't really hear what's going on on the TV. It kind of sounds like they might be saying... I think I heard them say Jeffrey Tennant or something like that. So they're probably talking yeah. about him. Uh, except for, then, suddenly Oliver is calling him from afar. Um, Oliver's words are Edgar, the character Edgar from Lear, Act 3, Scene 4. And he just, just keeps re- repeating, Tom's a cold, oh do dee do dee do which are uh, oh. it's a very small portion of Edgar's Edgar's speech during that. Uh, well, it's not a monologue, but it's a uh, it's what he says during that scene. And it's hard it's hard to not to not think of for for my generation when you hear Doty Doty, you do you think of uh, the Price is Right with the little guy that goes up the mountain. Oh yeah, exactly, exactly. So that's yeah. Sorry. So in that scene, Edgar is in the guise of a madman, Tom O'Bedlam. I don't know. I don't know if that has any symbolic significance. Obviously, it's a dream sequence, so you can look for more symbols than normally. Uh, mm. But I'm not sure what to interpret that other than uh, Oliver doesn't make much more of an appearance in this particular episode than that. Do you think? Do you think he's yeah. he's just waiting? I think they. I mean, I think. I mean, in terms of practical I mean, writing, know, well, in terms of practical writing purposes, I think they they do seem to to use him sparingly to begin with before he really leaps into the uh, story. Yeah, mm-hmm. I guess historically, yeah, that's what's been going on. Good point. But uh, in terms of what it really means, I don't know whether it means that he's trapped. Or what exactly? Of course, it could all be. I mean, I don't. I don't know that we're still debating whether he's all in in Jeffrey's head. But in a dream sequence, that that could all very well mm-hmm. be in his head and not not have anything to do with the actual Oliver Ghost. That's true. Yes, that That's is true. true. What happened to the Oliver Ghost at the end of the last season? The he, first season, he disappeared, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like on camera. Well, off camera. It was not it was vocally. He was off camera. Yeah. His they, his skull was there. He said goodbye, Jeffrey, and dis- and then mm-hmm. it wasn't seen again. Right. That's correct. I remember that. And last season, he just that's was how we that was the last we heard of Oliver in season one. At the end of season two, uh, they have that last conversation in the prop room when Jeffrey realizes that this is more insane than even I am comfortable with. And Jeffrey just leaves the prop room and says, "Well, the collaboration's over, right?" And Oliver just looks crushed. And that's the last we see no, of Oliver not, in season two. Not true. We see or, him one more time. Oh there's, no, no. There's, there's a rare appearance of Oliver right. without Jeffrey there. Thank you. You don't see it very often. He's sitting at yeah, the bar. Yeah, you're, you're, oh, yeah, that's you're right. right. I completely forgot about that. And, sitting at the bar. And there, there's a moment where you think that he might be actually visible to somebody else, but it looks like he is not. It appears that mm-hmm. he is not. Yeah, that's right. Thanks for the reminder. So, um, it would be good to see what happens next with all of that. Mm-hmm. Which I say sort of semi-cryptically as though I don't have a clue. <laughs> uh, so this part actually does turn out to be the dream sequence. And it ends on the phone call waking Jeffrey. And the phone call is Ellen calling from a party, the closing party for Macbeth, which had a run on Broadway after closing at New Burbage. Yep, which astonished the heck out of me. I put in my notes... New York? What the hell are they doing in New York? But I couldn't put two until two together until somebody said in the dialogue that we had a the Macbeth had a run on Broadway, and I went, "OMG! Jeffrey's Macbeth went to New York to do her run on Broadway." And, OMG! Go ahead. Yeah, and clearly these work these actors have been working their butts off because they've been doing that during the off season. <laughs> I mean, because yeah. the season is the yeah. season is launching pretty much right away when the when they uh, get back. But Jeffrey didn't go to New York. 
Well, he doesn't need to. He's the director, and in normal, as as somebody pointed out earlier mm. in the podcast, in normal companies, the director does basically nothing after the play has opened. Yeah, stage mm. manager takes over notes, end of story. There is no more directing after uh, last dress. Gotcha. I will be honest that I was semi-confused as to where we were, because... Uh, they start in New Burbage for that cold open, mm-hmm. and then Jeffrey is having a conversation with someone in Britain, and then at the same time, Ellen is in New York. Yeah, that New York It's party. very hard to know who's where, why. The New York party is obviously a full-on rager of a party because they are still partying in New York at 6 in the morning while Jeffrey is interviewing with the BBC. It's all happening concurrently, obviously. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it's a little much for Frank and Cyril. They're they're old, yes. tired. Where where is um, Toronto? Is that is that Central Time or no, Toronto's still Eastern? Eastern, yeah. okay, but just barely. Because that's tech, like New Burbage isn't a real place, right? No, right. But no, they it's... go the big city they go to, or the closest city they go to is Toronto. Yeah, Jeffrey even goes to Toronto later in this episode. So correct. Yeah, they're everywhere in this episode. Yes, it was probably all shot in uh, you know. Some suburb of Toronto, but totally. <laughs> um, they, so the party is at Barbara's apartment, who is an old friend of Ellen's, apparently. Mm. Uh, Barbara is played by Janet Bailey, and she seems to be primarily Canadian television. I didn't really find anything uh, mentioning her at Stratford or in any other theater productions. Um, I saw a lot of different Canadian television roles, and Slings and Arrows really appears to be her big standout. She doesn't really seem to have a... She's not listed as being, like, you know, 22 episodes of a series or anything like that, beyond being in this season of Slings and Arrows. Uh, Ellen, Jeffrey tells Ellen about the crying. Uh, she's taken aback about it, but puts it off for later. And she's pretty much like, oh, well, okay, and now we'll talk when we get uh, when I get home. Jeffrey and Richard are setting up to do a phoner with the BBC, and they talk mm-hmm. about the schedule and how, how horrible the schedule is with what they're doing, and they talk about the weeping. Uh, the, the, like I said, uh, the New York party appears to have gone all night because they're still at the New York party on the New York side. Barbara is concerned about how small New Burbage is, apparently, because mm. she's, she's chatting with Ellen about how there's only four shops in the whole town. Around this time, I wrote, took a note that says, oh, great, another diva. Because mm. <laughs> they, I mean, she's kind of like Henry, right? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we'll get into it a little bit more. And I guess Jack was our diva in the first episode. Or but first he wasn't season. very diva. Yeah, he was actually he was not after all. But. Exactly. And maybe this woman will be, too. She seems kind of more like Jack's friend from L.A. Oh, yeah. I forget sir. what her name was. <laughs> but I don't think it's important, but I yes. I forget her name. Little Nebraska girl. She's from Nebraska. Miss ne- the, the, she was Miss Nebraska. Now oh, she's, she's a monster. There That's you right. go. Wow. Thank you. Good Amy. pull. Excellent. Good pull. Great quote. <laughs> yeah, she did have a name. Yeah. I, Cheyenne. Oh, I think it was Cheyenne. I think you're Jesus. right. Oh, you're good, Amy. You're hot. There you she's go. got it right there. Mm-hmm. She's got some serious random access memory going on. There you go. Um, and then, and then uh, Barbara introduces Ellen to Chris Norton. And Chris Norton is an agent. He seems extremely taken with uh, Ellen, although it's, a, it's somewhat difficult to tell. I mean, Ellen apparently, apparently starts to misinterpret right away. She's, a, she's seeing you know young, fresh thing like she often does. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then when he says, who is she with, she's almost confused as to what he's saying. But then realizes she's an agent and is... 
talking about agency representation. Uh, Chris Norton is Jefferson Brown. The actor is Jefferson Brown. He's uh, mostly, again, mostly Canadian television, some small roles in Hollywood movies, probably whatever happened to be shooting in Toronto, uh, as far as I could tell. Nothing, uh, nothing too major. I think, she, I think he was in Carrie, the most recent Carrie. Not the Sissy Space Not the Sissy Space He wasn't alive yet. <laughs> most likely not, yes. The uh, one with the... Chloe, what's your name, and Julianne Moore? Probably. He, he did do a guest spot on the CBC's television series Men with Brooms. <laughs> oh. Now let me ask you this. All right, what year is production of season three? Production of season three, uh, production season is, I think, uh, late 2005, early 2006, and release dates are 2006. So 2005 is when it first aired. When did the first season of Men with Brooms come out? Well, no, the 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 uh the original the original airing of uh of uh, Slings and Arrows was 2004. And oh, okay. then season 2 ended uh the Burnham Wood episode aired on August 1st of 2005. Uh I don't know whether they were overlapping production of of the third se- I assume they were overlapping the production of the third season with the airing of the second, but the uh this episode uh, that we're talking about aired first on July twenty fourth, two thousand six. Okay, so two thousand six. Yes, these so are that's, these were summer series. Right, right. No, I'm just wondering about two thousand six for this episode with the dude from Men and Men and Brooms, the television series. The Men with Brooms uh, shot in two thousand ten. Oh, okay. The TV so, series. Okay. Yep. Never mind then. That's Not even quite close. a bit later. Yes, yeah. it was. Oh, I mean, considering the movie was out in 2002, it took them wow. a long time to get around wow. to trying to do a TV series. Yeah. We got Fox in 2005. There you go. You got him? Yeah, we just found him in a cabbage patch, just like that. <laughs> it's pretty awesome. That's what they say. He had a tail. <laughs> just kidding. Everybody has We tails. had him convinced that he had a tail. <laughs> I do, have we, has he worked that one out yet? He... Has and he was kind of mad at me, so because he because he'd been telling his friends I had a tail when I was born. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did have hair on his ears. That 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 part was true. That is not false. Which was weird. I mean, seriously, you get this brand new little baby and then it has hair on its ears. It's a little <laughs> creepy. Change your bell. Gotta get a bell. I, yeah, we do. I think it's gonna hilarious that in twenty years Fox will listen to this. <laughs> his mother all his hairy ears creepy. They were creepy. Oh, that'll come out. That'll come out with his prom date. Don't worry. Don't worry. I got pictures. <laughs> got pictures of those hairy ears. Tangent Bell. Uh, Chris Norton, the agent, fawns over Ellen. Ellen, kind of, uh, you know, uh, you know, obviously with Bar- what Barbara says afterwards, she kind of fails to self promote, and I kind of even noticed that before Barbara called her on it. But she, she, I, I kind of felt like it. I don't feel like she would do that normally. Yeah, she's I really not modest. Don't, I don't find her to be modest. No. I don't find her. I thought that that was just some weird. So is this new modesty that she has, or is this something that she's affected by the cute young boy that is talking to her? Or I think what? it's because she's from Small Pond, Big Fish. Small oh pond, yeah, huge and then New York put, agent. Put the put the big fish in the big pond, and that's what you get. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would certainly make sense. It did seem very unusual of her to be so uh, to not like like you said, modest to be out of the spotlight. I, I thought she agreed that probably she was kind of out of her depth there. Yeah, I mean, it, it was I, it was pretty clearly not false modesty. It was mm-hmm. either genuine genuine modesty or genuine uh, reluctance to to you know make a scene or make a make a big thing out of herself. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't trust her. <laughs> I never have. 
<laughs> At the phone interview, Jeffrey fails to play along with all of the pretensions of the BBC commentator. Not sure what I'm not sure what BBC show he's on. It's obviously not Steve Wright. I maybe it was fictional. I I don't know. Yeah, it's got to be BBC Four. It's not BBC One or Two. One. And Sean Collin was not giving the interview, right? No, no, no that no. was definitely with the BBC interviewer. Yeah, well, he kind of sounded like Sean. Sean had an English accent in the yeah, show, right? right? You're yeah. right. Yeah. Feigned, but uh, yes. I thought that, David. You you thought it could be you thought it could be Basil? I did. At the BBC? I did. Yeah. I did. That would be great. I was just sitting there going, okay, well, you know, it wasn't Jonathan Ross was the uh, was the BBC One presenter, and that would be pop music anyway, and they wouldn't care. And BBC yeah. Two was Steve Wright even then, I think, but it wouldn't be Steve Wright because you know, so it's probably BBC Four. BBC BBC Four is all the arts and stuff. Arts and stuff. Yes. Nirvana played Jonathan Ross. Ooh. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, I don't know a lot about Jonathan Ross other than he had the big scandal where he did a phone prank that went horribly awry and had to leave both both forms of the BBC, the television and the uh, and the uh, radio. And did he do it with Russell Brand? I believe that is true. Yes, that was the yeah. Russell Brand phone prank. Oh, I didn't know that Jonathan Ross was the other guy. That's crazy. Yes, that's the one. Hmm. Awesome. Tangent bell. Ding ding ding. <laughs> Uh, Richard does turn the convo to finance when, it, when, when Jeffrey fails to l- deliver the art pretension. He, he has to mention the subscribership and the, the, in, the income being up 350% and all the, all the usual. Uh, and I wrote I, in, oh, sir. I wrote in my notes, uh, once again, R- Richard and Jeffrey showcase their contrasting approaches to their work in the theater world. Richard tries to be the civil, cordial face of the company while Jeffrey is brutally honest, like he always is. Yeah, I thought that Jeffrey was even more brutally honest. I mean, I, 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 I kind of feel like he would be a little bit more PR-oriented. I mean, maybe not entirely, but he is, he is preoccupied with this whole weeping thing, too. He'd just done true. that the previous night. That is true, yeah. But I don't know. He's not one to play along with artistic pretensions. <laughs> he's definitely yeah. not Darren Nichols. <laughs> Certainly not. Anna and Richard okay. uh, lament about how all is so well, but Jeffrey is so gloomy. But Anna has a surprise for Richard. The Canadian Business Magazine has featured the two of them on the cover. The two of them being Jeffrey and Richard. Yep. Yep. <laughs> they look so cute. Don't they look cute? Oh, they're cute. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, then Jeffrey's at the production meeting where they're discussing the FX sequences of the uh, of the show. The eye gouging of Gloucester. Gloucester is blinded during the pr- progression of the of the uh, play King Lear. I would have gone with the spoon. Yeah, I liked all three of these guys. I thought they were great. You go with the spoon because it hurts more. <laughs> if you hadn't said it, I would have. I know. I know. <laughs> what is that from? Hmm. A, movie? a movie? Yeah. I don't know which one. It's I don't Robin know Hood. which one. It's Robin Hood. Is it Robin Hood? Yeah. Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? Yes. Wow. And it's. Uh, I have not seen that in forever. And it's Rickman speaking that line. Yeah, yeah. As uh, uh, King John or Prince John. Really? Or is he the sheriff? Oh, he's not the sheriff. Hmm. Who plays King John or Prince John? I don't remember. I think I think it's I think he's playing the sheriff. I I, I have obviously not seen it very recently either. I've never seen like, it. Man, I, all of us knew that quote, which is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Uh, that's not much of a tangent. Not much of a tangent. Whoa! That's a tangent dinner, bro. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually my kitchen aid. Well, I... Um, <laughs> actually, I, I love that we all knew the quote, but I thought I found it more disturbing 
having them be pulled out with the fingers rather than a spoon. Yeah. Well, yeah, like you like you said, he'll smell his hand. Oh. Rick could have played the sheriff. <laughs> well, Ben's still, ben still on the tangent. Like it didn't say. Ben's still on the tangent. Oh, hang on. I just want to know who played Prince John. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It doesn't say. Was he a character in it? I guess not, but uh, what's-his-name shows up at the end? King Richard, because it's Sean Connery. Yeah. Oh. Weird. No, I guess they uh, just combined it into one bad guy. I mm. guess. I don't. I, I really don't recall. I know. This kind of makes me want to watch this it. movie. Uh, I'm not going to say you're missing out, but watch out, I man. remember really liking it as a kid and that uh, Brian... Uh, Oh no, Brian Adams song. Yes. Oh, maybe that's why he stayed tell away. Me it's not worth dying for. <laughs> Canadian. That's yeah. He's a Canadian, so oh, we're, yeah, we're still go. on track. Robin Hood and Little John running through the Now nah, see, I like that one. <laughs> see, that's the one I know. Ooda la de, ooda la de. No, that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Jeffrey goes with the thumbs uh, instead of the spoons, and then the lighting guy says that he wants to use the Sierra system to do the storm. I looked Which up the, was awesome. I looked up Sierra system for lighting and sound. Uh, there is a lighting system, a lighting and sound system called the Sierra system for model trains. <laughs> for model Lionel trains? Lionel trains. <laughs> Could be. Could be. Uh, but we see their Sierra system in action, and it's apparently a, uh, a tour de force of sound, lighting, and wind. All right, so this made me wonder, and I probably already know the answer to this. In the very first episode of season one, when Jeffrey has his own theater, and they do a dream sequence, and there's a big storm, oh. that's not King Lear, right? Because that is the Tempest. The that's the Tempest, yeah. but it is the same storm, really. Yeah, yeah. The Tempest is is drummed up by a magician, though. It's still the same. And they're they're on a and they're on a boat, right? Right. They are. That's right. Mm-hmm. They're on a boat. Yeah. Same storm. <laughs> they're on a boat, yo. With the big thunder, <laughs> with the big thunder sheet. Yes, the big thunder sheet, which Naomi calls out that uh, you know, Jeff, Jeffrey asks him what he thinks. He says, "We used a sheet of tin to make thunder. It worked very well." Uh-huh. I'm sorry if it's I stole someone's quote. It's not tin. It's aluminum. Well, whatever it has to be. Aluminum. The tin wouldn't make that sound. Tin's too rigid. Would never work. Would never yeah, but, work. But people call people transpose tin and aluminum all the time. Have you all ever been on the Twister ride at Universal Studios? No. I've been on Mr. Twister. Yeah, Mr. Twister. Awesome. Best roller coaster ever, in my opinion. And it's gone. It's gone. Forever uh, disappeared. Other than they did, they did recreate it at Knobles. Yeah, but it's lame. At Knobles, they recreated it at Knobles. It's probably still lame. It's not going to be all rickety. You're not going to feel the the car twisting as you go. I thought that was Wildcat where it twisted as you go. Well, you know, you heard it. You heard it like not together, like it was going to fall apart. Okay. <laughs> Elitch Gardens. It's gone, folks. Uh, so that basically, that basically sums that up. They've got the Sierra system there. Uh, although the, I, I did like that the lighting designer, as much as he had a had a great big uh, enthusiasm for the system, he did he did uh, he did give Jeffrey the out and say, "Well, you know, 
is it too much? I mean, what's your opinion? Is this storm going to be a storm of the mind, or is it a real story? You know, he actually really gave him the options and said, you know, as much as I really want to use the system, if you don't want it to be that, it doesn't have to be. But did, yeah. did you notice that everybody, I mean, this is, that was one instance, but throughout, everybody is looking to Jeffrey for like this, this artistic confirmation and... Because he's the artistic director. Right, but the thing is, before, nobody did that. Well, we haven't seen these three dudes yet, and these three dudes are professionals, mm. I feel like. True. Yeah, and they guys. are looking to... Uh, I mean, we really haven't gotten into tech people beyond Maria and the unnamed seamstress or costume designer. I forget what the technical term is. Dresser? <laughs> is it dresser? Watch it, mister. Them's what is it? words. <laughs> It depends. You have you have different different there. positions in the costume shop. There is the uh, costume shop foreman. There is the costume designer. There is the draper. There is the first hand. Oh. There is the first hand second, and then there is the dresser under that. So uh, that is does the, the first hand know what the first hand second is doing? <laughs> they are the Sorry. boss. Okay. <laughs> and in a really big setting, you'd even like have someone who's a dyer specifically. And there's right? a d- yeah, dyer specifically, as well as there'd be costume cutters? craft. There'd be cutters? Uh, cutter draper. Cutter yeah. draper, okay. Yeah. All right. There we go. But these folks, there seem to be, there's some practical effects people. Uh, there's definitely the lighting designer. Mm-hmm. Um, lighting designer apparently has lighting and sound designer all under one. But is it only because of that system? Yeah, maybe the rest of the sound design is still someone else running cues. Maybe, I don't know. Or maybe he's technical designer. Oh, he could be he the TD. He must be the TD. Yeah, you're right. The TD has the decision-making on the, on on the both uh, systems. Yep. Yeah. There you go. Justified. Sorry, wrong podcast. Timothy <laughs> So then there's the Folk Music Festival. Richard is still jazzed about the magazine cover. Uh, then he's pressing Jeffrey on who's going to be Lear. Is it going to be Shatner? <laughs> Are we going to see Shatner? We're not going to see Shatner. It'd be great if we saw Shatner. Oh, yeah. We're we're not. Well, I mean, he would have been doing Boston Legal at this moment. Yeah. Spo- right? Spoiler alert: He never appears on this season of the show. Oh, <laughs> but Patrick Stewart does. <gasps> Yay! He's my hero. <laughs> These spoilers are not. If I had to choose spoilers. a captain, yeah, I would go with uh, Picard. You're right. He he's awesome. He is awesome. Make it so. Yeah, he is super awesome. He is so. a Royal Shakespeare Company alum, alumna. That's right. Alumnus. Yep, that's right. And I, I I, thought, of course, when I heard that line, I thought, of course, they thought of William Shatner, one of the most famous Canadians alive. <laughs> yes. Uh, Jeffrey is to speak at the close of this uh, folk performance, but he breaks down again, and Richard has to attempt to cover. <laughs> so sad. I got to say, I don't know about everywhere in the country, but in the Twin Cities area, there were literally about six dozen of those acts wandering around the city from time to time. You mean the, the, the world music? Yeah, the world music, music, the folk music oh, with the, right. with the flute with the, and the, with the, with the freaking pan, pan flute. the pan flute yeah. and then the synthesizer, yeah. Yeah, and they were playing malls. They, you'd see them at the mall, you'd see them at the farmer's market, you'd see them all over. And, I, and they were not, I'm convinced they were not all the one, one act. There was probably a big group of them. 
Probably. Now, I also I'm wondering if you think about that time period, and then if you think time history in Ecuador, there was a huge um, uh, political yeah. revolution, and a lot of people left. Yeah. So I wonder if that's why we ended up. Now, did more of them come to the Twin Cities? Is anybody else thinking about how many uh, how many of these uh, pan flute groups there were in their city? Uh, the other two of you? No. I have no, no idea what because I know we do have you guys a big Ecuadorian. Yeah, these these bands. I mean, there were there was there was They're definitely everywhere, but there were some in Denver too. Yeah, not a lot, but I remember a few in Denver. So coming here was not my first time hearing it. I know yeah, that. Yeah, so. All right. I kind of like the Ecuadorian pan flutes. I liked it until it was there, until it was everywhere I went. Really? Yeah. Uh, it, it is everywhere you go here. And of well, course, it was if, for a while. It's not so much anymore. And of course, if you listen to Intro to X, the pan flute has an entirely different meaning. Well, it's not dirty or anything. It's it's the pan the the pan pipes of uh, racism. Oh. Because any 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 because literally, literally they had the because uh, 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 Snow Mark Snow was a. Uh, had the synthesizers, all the synthesizers. And... So any ethnic group was always a good thing. I grow impatient. I love how he family. just kept on going. You should have seen the look he gave me. It was I hear awesome. you, Bo. I don't give a shit. <laughs> yes, but we have listeners who also listen to Intro to X. and. and... Yeah. It's Sorry. a podcast. It's relevant. Okay, it's another okay, intro okay. cast. Hey, I'll quit. All right. Oh, somebody says fucked up in this. Someone uses the F word. Uh, huh? They've used that before, haven't they? Have they? The oh, yeah. Well, I know that the stage manager used it. Oh, yeah. The actors. Yeah. Okay. She had the monologue about the actors yeah. during, the, during the duel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There was lots of and F the, there. And the minister of culture, mm. of course. The oh, very foul-mouthed minister of culture in that one scene last season. And the little bit of the season. And I bring yeah. this up because I'm I'm watching Mad Men right now because yes. it's on um, Netflix, and there is a scene in Mad Men where Roger Sterling says, uh, "You really fucked up," and they um, censor it on Netflix. But I watched with the captions on, and it says the word "fucked," and I would assume when it originally aired on AMC, "fucked" would have actually been said. Because AMC is a premium, not a premium cable channel, yeah, but it's a, cable. Up, upscale, cha- upscale cable. Not, they're not basic cable. Right. Anyways, I just I found it interesting to... You could say fuck after stabbing your, stubbing your toe. We're talking about it. We're saying fuck all over the place here. <laughs> <laughs> here, but on television, it's different. Yes. Okay. okay. Sorry. Off, sc- off screen, Darcy was stubbing her toe eating more wine, so... Uh, uh. Ouch. So uh, Ellen and Jeffrey meet up and... Uh, Pardon? Have sex and yeah. uh, no, they are, are we? And they the next... did not have sex. I am just going to say that right now. So, so fo- following following Jeffrey's breakdown at the folk music festival, Richard is doing the arts administrator dinner alone, and his discussion is his speech is all finance. Uh, lady in the crowd, Melinda presses him on his artistic side a little bit, or on the artistic side of the relationship. He wings it and uses the uh, Picasso reference that actually came up <laughs> earlier at the BBC. Mm-hmm. He steals it directly from the BBC. <laughs> it both steals Is it that directly come from that. Back? Oh no! Sorry, I can't ask you that. Excuse me. Nothing. No. Okay. <laughs> yep, steals it directly from Jeffrey's conversation with the BBC. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so Melinda is Fiona Hyatt or Hayet. She's done a lot of Canadian television. Uh, 
you know, basically I, I didn't find a whole lot of else, but I did find notably she is in a drama that is called Bitten, which is a, a teen drama about werewolves. It is not Teen Wolf. It is a Canadian series. The uh, reason I mentioned it is one of her other co-leads in the show is Greg Brick. And Greg Brick, you might remember as Alexander Yount. Uh, he had a nickname. What was it? Oh, um... Man, what's uh, the nickname? Uh, what's Alexander Yount's nickname? Um, I don't know. Oh, wait. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I think I do. It, was it the Glacier? The Juggernaut. Oh, oh. Juggernaut. In, in uh, Man with Brooms, he was the antagonist rival. Ah. I'm sitting here thinking of all the pri- uh, prior episodes of... Uh, oh, Slings and Arrows, of course. The Slings and Arrows, too. yes, yes. He's from Butt, Montana. The man but. from Butt. <laughs> the man from Butt. You know anybody, do we know anything about anybody from Butt? Karen McNetty. Karen McNetty. Miss Montana was from Butt. What are people from Butt called? Buttonians. Buttons. 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 Well, works. nobody says butt. They all say oh, butte. They all say oh, butte. The rest of the world ah, says ah, butt. Okay, at least I do. I don't know. I know it's supposed to be butte. It's a Butals. big pit. Do we get a bell again for that? I, I've lost no, my we were talking oh, about uh, the yeah. movie. The movie that was ben part of this that's podcast. Right. That's right. That yeah. is not bell material, sir. So then... Jeff- we get to the point where we justify our tangents. <laughs> <laughs> so then Jeffrey and Ellen are talking about the weeping while Ellen is unpacking. She seems mostly unconcerned and tells him not to obsess, and then they uh, get intimate. Or not. And then meanwhile, J- Richard is getting on fairly well with Melinda, telling her tales of the previous season of uh, the New Burbridge Festival, and she says she's going to be in New Burbridge, and Richard sees his inn with her. He's so going to get laid. Speaking of which, Jeffrey is not performing very well. He is so not getting laid. And Ellen is panicking about it, actually. It turned around from Don't Obsess. It's me. Yeah, because suddenly it affects her. Once again, it's all about her. So, well, and, and yes, apparently it's, it's either, it's, it either is her that's the problem... Or it's not her that's the problem, and he needs to see a doctor right away. Right away. And if he's not going to see a doctor right away, she has some uh, Chinese folk remedies from an email. Chinese folk <laughs> remedies from email. She's smoking a cigarette in this scene, right? Yeah. And she looks just like Anna. Like, like I don't know why, but every once in a while, the two of them look alike. Hmm. Is that just me being ageist you, or racist? No, no, you're right, because they kind of both have a longer... They have nose. that weird haircut. They have they that have weird the haircut. Their eyes are like nose. the same amount Their of hair color. Pretty same similar. body yeah. shape. Yeah. I I I agree with you, Ben. I've noticed that in, in other previous episodes yes. as well. You went on that one. There you go. Richard's late to meet the minister. He's got a giant, giant check that Anna got for him, <laughs> and his car won't start. Did anybody else's eyes roll as they do the uh, big check gags? Yeah. Uh, like stuffing it in the car. Oh, it's mean? a giant gag. Let's see if we can fit it this way. Let's see if we can fit it that way. Yeah. Yeah, it was brief. It was brief. They didn't. They didn't. I think they, they didn't, had to use the bathroom. So they did not take too much it. time with it. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Okay. And then, then the minister gets. I mean, there's definitely some business with the minister later with the big check. Then it was that, funny. That's paid off. Then it was. Funny. Yeah, that that it actually worked. Payoff. It wasn't the same hijinks that I've seen with a billion check. and a half times. Yeah. yeah. No, it was definitely she. She had she had a good point there. Meanwhile, but something great happens next, I believe. Meanwhile, Anna tells Jeffrey that's not it. That Jared Nichols is in his office. 
That's it. Darren is back. Oh, <laughs> Darren. Yep. That's I in my notes, Darren. too. <laughs> my notes say, Darren is back. Darren is back. I was really excited to see Darren back, too. I think and we had Darren- the same reaction. No. <laughs> this season, this season, Darren's thing is now musicals. <laughs> and he'll be doing one this season for the festival. Darren mm-hmm. makes me roll my eyes. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love him. I, 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 I love him, too. I love him. I, I, I so see very many people that I've known in the past, and I like it. You know what? I <laughs> see those people, and then I have to relive that hell. So there you go. Yeah? yeah that's it for me. What, what I put in my notes says, The last time Darren said that he would, had fallen in love with something was the first or second episode of season two where he said i fell in i fell in love with the idea of theater that worked out really well i can't wait i can't wait to see what the writers have in mind for this season yes well we won't mention his quote for for why he loves the theater now why he loves the musical now yeah Uh, we will not that could come up later it might Uh come up later uh, but uh, Darren wants to keep Jeffrey on hand during all steps of the uh, of the process because he thinks that the, their friction might be one of the generators of their creativity. Hmm. Yeah, which you know I don't know it kind of makes sense. It it is possible. Yeah. I I have seen that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, out of curiosity, would anyone want to see a musical based on Humpty Dumpty? Because I think that I would. <laughs> that sounds pretty awesome. Especially if they wore the costumes from the original Romeo and Juliet that they were going to do oh, with the chess yeah. pieces. Oh, and I think that would fit oh, well. And then if, yeah, it would. But then there would, there would definitely be a postmodern twist, and there'd have to be some real like avant-garde uh, you know, set pieces and, 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 and uh, language in it. Yeah, I mean, see, the thing is, not as long as a haiku, they'd have to do some filler. Right, and I think that he could do it. I mean, I, 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 I sometimes like the kind of shit that Darren does. Like, that's the kind of art that I can get behind sometimes. I know that they're kind of making fun of those type of people, but sometimes I like that kind of art. And Humpty Dumpty, what, what is that a reference to? What is the original... Oh, don't put me on the spot for oh, that. Come on, oh. you know this. You guys know this. All the kings versus all the kings men. I don't Could know. Put Humpty together again. Who is, is it? Is that a reference to some king? It is. Okay, tell us. Tell us, please. You don't know. Is it? Is there the one that? Uh, uh, what was the guy who was just found in a parking lot recently? No, it was not Richard the Third. Wasn't Richard the Third? It was. It's. He's a very big uh, guy. He's oh, like King an Henry VIII. Yes, very good. Uh, Which is funny because if you ever look at drawings of Humpty Dumpty, he's always got like a crown or like a jug head kind of hat, which kind of looks like a crown. Yeah, absolutely. Huh. That's it. Right. I'm now going to Google Humpty Dumpty and look at pictures of him. Jughead's hat is a ruined fedora. It is. Actually, oh, it's, it, yeah, because in the 20s, it was like a pin, they called it a pin hat, and you would put all different little pins in it, and you would take the brim, and you would cut a zigzag into it. Yeah, it was, basically, they made it from a fedora that they, that was, you know, busted out, they bumped it inside out, mm-hmm. and then did the cutting, and then it was this, uh, this hat that was trendy. Yep, felt, was a felt hat. Yes, there you go. Weird. Yeah, I know. I'm now looking at pictures of Jughead. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's in mourning. Is he dead? Jughead? No, not Jughead's not dead. Oh, Archie. Archie died. Yeah, they're killing off. Jo- they're killing off Archie. How are they? I know that they off? introduced the gay character. I, I that was the last time. What? I no, they're killing Archie. What the hell is going on? Oh, I think the gay character is awesome. No, that's fine. No, I'm talking about killing Archie. They're I killing hear you. Archie. I hear you. I don't really care. Yeah. I I didn't know that this went on. Yeah. Okay. No, it's coming. It's coming. They haven't. They they just announced it recently. All it right. hasn't happened yet in the uh, issues. That's enough. Okay. 
Um, at the minister's. I'm, I'm already on it. I'm off okay, the bell. Okay, okay. At the minister's, she's in her usual sunny mood. Uh, Richard actually attempts to stand up. I'm a taxpayer, and you should listen. But no, are you talking back to me? No. <laughs> is this the same lady that's been that was in season two? It is. Yep. Yeah, but not the lady that was in season one. Was there a minister of culture no. in season one? No, there no. was. Yeah, and her husband listened to oh. the hockey. Oh yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. yeah. I wonder. I don't remember. Yes. No. No. It's it's different people because I kind of remember the minister coming. I kind of remember the minister coming in the second season. Yeah, the second season. And she had just gotten elected in the office, she and she the hated spot, yeah. like her position. She but, was minister know. of health, and she got bumped over to minister right. of culture. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember. Hazel, yeah. knock it off. She is knocking it off. You hear it hitting the floor. <laughs> she, the kids have set up some little toys on the table, and she's knocking them down one by one. Yeah, that's awesome. So she's actually really enjoying herself. Here comes another bad cat. Is there something to be done? No. Well. There's only one more, and then she's done. Oh, and she's done already. Oh, anyway. she's done. Now she's going to get in the Easter basket. Oh, cute. Eat grass. Bad cat. No, we threw all the grass away. Hazel is a cat, right? Hazel is a very bad cat, yes. Okay. She ate my tulips. (laughs) She didn't die. She's lucky. Just the leaves, not the tulips. At the bar, Frank and Cyril lament the welcome home party compared to the party they had just come from in New York and its reduced caliber (laughs) compared to the Broadway parties. (laughs) And uh, they're spending nights at Fire Island, apparently, yeah. Did I? Yeah. Did anybody else notice that what the first of two visual gags that I will point out in this episode? There, somebody hung up a banner that says "Welcome back, Mackers, Mackers. and Co." Yep. <laughs> someone, oh, cool. someone believes in the curse. We we established that last season. Pretty much everyone in the company except Jeffrey believes in the curse. But whoever made this banner very definitely believes in the Macbeth curse. It wasn't Naum. He wouldn't make a band. No, like it definitely wasn't. Although he's still one of my faves. Yeah, no, I like yeah, him. Yeah, me too. Uh, apparently Richard broke down on the way back from the minister's meeting, and Anna tells him he needs to get a new car. He's having mm-hmm. trouble coping with the idea of actually buying something. Yeah, I need a new car. Coping with the idea of buying it would be totally awesome. Yeah, I can't cope with that. I know. Can you cope with that for real? Not for real. I mean, if the money was there, it'd be awesome, but it's not so. Stupid car. Tell everybody to stay healthy. Stay healthy. No more trips to the emergency room. Round three. <laughs> uh, Barbara arrives. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, first, Ellen and Jeffrey are talking about his, his problems, uh, his, uh, his weeping, his, uh, his uh, below problems. In his, in his office? No, in the bar. This is at the bar. Okay, all right. In the bar, let know, he's talking Let me know when we're back in his office. Nether regions? Yes, she does mention that it's that it is his erectile dysfunction out loud to everybody that might be. Well, listening. that's what it's called, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Barbara arrives, and apparently yeah. her apartment is a, is a big problem. It's a small, and it's over dry cleaners. It smells bad, and uh, the windows. They must open. not be an environmentally clean dry cleaner. Sure. Well, you do. is 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 the Saint Croix cleaners a much better what a dry cleaner? We are. We're actually uh, one of the four forerunners in uh, dry cleaning, and that we use environmentally uh, safe chemicals. Hmm? Yeah, who Wait. are the other three runners? Who are they? They <laughs> suck. Sorry, I had I had to I had to relay Ben's yeah. pun because it got buried. Yeah, four <laughs> four runners, three runners. <laughs> Boom. Yes. 
Uh, so it sounds like uh, Barbara is going to move in with Jeffrey and Ellen for a while. Isn't that going to be cozy? What is she? What is her? What is she? What is her purpose? Why is she in this episode? You're going to find out. I don't. Know. I mean, I is no she joining? Did she? Did she get hired? Yes, she is, yes, she is. She is playing in Mac, in the uh, Macbeth in King Lear. In King Lear. Okay. So which so one is she? How did she get hired into the company? Well, she's obviously a friend of Ellen's. She she and used to work there, right? I assume that she's uh, well. She's it. It sounds like she doesn't know anything about New Riverbridge. That's true. Yeah, that's I right. I the impression that she was. Oh, maybe they're like college roomies. Maybe or, or maybe they're not yeah, old. Maybe they're not old friends. Maybe they're friends that made friends on Broadway, and that you know she's yeah. a social person. That's possible. Yeah, I'm that's just what wondering I was thinking. If, if she has had a conversation with the people that run New Burbage, besides Ellen, like the actual people who will hire the her. board. Yeah. Yeah, or even just Richard and, and Jeffrey. Yeah. Right. It's I not wonder clear. Which, is yeah. she going to play one of the sisters? I, I, yes. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, I can say that. Yes. I, I'm yes. trying to think who would she play best. Probably. Not Cordelia. I think she'd be gone Earl. Hmm. That's my thought. Well, I can't comment. Saying it's not really explained well as to why. Yeah, she does. She does say uh, at some point that she's ready to torture her new director, Jeffrey. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that, that's was she in, was she in the cast of the Macbeth on Broadway? No, I don't think so. She just yeah. happened to be there. She just had a Pres- massive, massive apartment for New York. Yeah, who that was gigantic. That? It sure was. No way. I don't think actors live in apartments that large in New York. No? Yeah, definitely not. And yeah, my I also, I made that assumption too. She's probably just, they kind of got to know each other. She was probably doing some other Broadway production and they, she socialized with Ellen and the New Burbage Co. Company. Yeah, there's yeah. probably there's probably other details that would be pertinent, but I can't mention that now. are just supposed to be assumed. Yeah, well, that I can't mention because they're not up yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, when they when when Barbara and Ellen turn to find Jeffrey, he's he's apparently left the bar. He is at the stage with uh, you know some little esoteric piece of <laughs> stage equipment, lighting something or another. Okay, hang on a sec. I I missed it then. Because I have a note about the ghost light. But before that, I have a note about the appearance of Oliver's skull. So at some point, yes. we were in the office, mm-hmm. and we saw mm-hmm. the skull. And I did make yep. notes that they're still putting Jeff- it in the background. Yep, Jeffrey still keeps it on his desk. I noticed that, too. I can't so, remember yep. what scene, but I did, no- I, t- it, I did notice it very well f- well within the frame. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, so ghost I. light. So now he's got the ghost light out, and he's looking for a ghost. He's calling for Oliver. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. That made me sad. Me too. He can't find his imaginary friend. Well, no, it's not just that he can't find his imaginary friend. He can't find his ghost, yes. He can't find where he needs to be, and he needs help, and he can't turn to anyone. And that's so sad. Well, he does find someone to turn to. I sure hope so. He seems Mm -hmm. to. Yeah, poor Jeffrey. Nobody else. Oliver's the only one he can confide in. I didn't work much detail in the next thing. I just said that Richard fails to buy a car from a teenage girl. <laughs> oh, really? Really? That was cute. The girl in the blue coat is somebody famous. Really? Who is it? She's got to be. I recognized her. I don't know what she, what her name is. All right. Girl well, I, I'll. In blue coat. I didn't look it up because I thought uh, it would be looked up, but I will look it up now yeah. without trying to spoil myself. Yeah, I don't uh, think. Uh, yeah, uh, um, actually. Uh, if you, yeah, if you only look at that episode, don't look it up. Yeah, that's two. what I'm going. That's what I'm trying to do. Okay. Slings and Arrows, Season 3, Episode 1, Divided Kingdom. Not looking at anything else. Okay. If anybody's looking for an update on the cat, she is not in the Easter basket. 
<laughs> oh, good. No, there's still an egg ready, uh, another uh, Easter egg ready to knock down. Not not a real egg. Because they don't. I guess make those girls didn't shoes. have names, huh? Yeah, not likely. Girl one and girl two. Could be. Car owner mm-hmm. and car. Melinda was the chick that. Melinda, uh, yeah, Melinda's Richard's uh, yeah. administrator. Richard was going out with. I mean, they had lines. They have to have. No, they don't. Ugh. Unless Melanie. Yeah, it's probably somebody. Melody. Maybe. But, yeah, all right, I guess not. I, I, maybe these are just people I don't know. I swear to God, she looked damn familiar. Yeah. No. All right, moving on. I'm taking a quick peek, too, to see if anybody rings a bell, but I don't see anybody. No. All right. BMW assistant voice. Yeah, someone had to do the voice of... <laughs> somebody with the OnStar girl. <laughs> yes. That, that made me laugh. But I really didn't. I mean, I... There's some sort of gag about how whether whether she went all the way with someone in the back seat or something like that, but uh, yeah, I didn't I didn't write down much. There wasn't a whole lot about it. Yeah, well, uh, this is two thousand five, two thousand six. Mm-hmm. Uh, the lady, the woman that I was dating, uh, used to wear skirts like those girls were wearing, so I did notice that. Did you notice the skirts? <laughs> I did notice the skirts. I noticed the skirts and I thought, how 1985? Oh no, how 2005? Those things were oh all the God. fucking rage. They were horrible. Uh, I worked at a movie theater during this time period and that was the place to hang out if you were under 18. And all the girls wore those fucking skirts. <laughs> yes, we had a nickname for them. They, they were called prostitutes. Yes, yes they were. How sweet. Yeah. Not, not, not including my ex-girlfriend, obviously. Oh, of course. <laughs> Clearly, she would never wear such a thing. Well, she wore such a thing. She totally did. She totally did. <laughs> I mean, she's not a... Pro- well, oh, anyway. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> she's a very lovely woman. Bend in the <laughs> In Toronto, at a senior's home, <laughs> Jeffrey watches them rehearse a scene from the dream. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Right before this, there's a crazy, weird helicopter shot. Yes. What was that? That's Toronto. It was so weird. It was like this crazy tr- helicopter shot. They zoomed in. I and- presume it was. Yeah, you're, you're looking at, a, at, a, at the Toronto cityscape. You see the CN Tower in the background. And they zoom right. into the house where he's, where he's uh, seeing them do the, the do, zoomed into the old, old folks' home, apparently. Hmm. But from a technical standpoint, this is the first time they've used a piece of cinematography like that before. It was probably stock, it, though. It's, I, I believe it was, too, and that's why it probably stood out so sharply to me. But it seemed very odd to have that shot in the middle of all this. Well, all right. they're trying to present the uh, place. Right, right. No, I get it. It just, as... The camera style that they have established in this television okay. show, yeah, it, that came out of left field. Yeah, they tend to shoot small. You don't see a You're huge right. expansive of anything. So they stop. even did like a gag on that where they show a town, and I forget which season it was. It was and one. Then pull out, and it's a picture, and they're in yeah. the gift shop, and like yeah, that was episode one. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways, for them to do that gag and then to actually do a shot like that stood out to me. They should have had a postcard. Sure. Okay, uh, so now we're in the old folks' home. Yeah, and they're they're rehearsing uh, the Midsummer Night's Dream scene, and then he gets to talk briefly with uh, Charles Kingman. There's there's a more more extensive scene later on with Charles Kingman. Now, if I go to the old folks' home, that's the one I would go to. They look pretty nice. They did. Uh, Charles Kingman is played by William Hutt, not Hurt. Hurt. Uh, he is huge, huge, huge at Stratford. Many, many, many multiple seasons at Stratford. Uh, in terms of IMDb, I think every single thing that I saw that I was like, oh, he was in The Elephant Man? Oh, no, it was a uh, film stage production of Elephant Man. Hmm. 
you know, just about everything that I saw in his IMDb credits was film stage theater. productions. Neat. So he was he's a huge, huge theater presence. Um, uh, he's, he's he's passed on now. The, the actor has passed Aww. on now. But they named a bridge in Stratford after him. Neat. That was near where he used to live. So I mean, he's, he was he was huge. Um, a bridge named after him. That's awesome. Yeah. I will not he, have uh, a bridge named after me. He played Lear in 1988. And uh, also not- notable to me because of, uh, of Darcy's work on uh, The Importance of Being Earnest, uh, he played Lady Bracknell in 1975. <laughs> Thank you, Saturday Night Live. 1980s Saturday Night Live was calling. I want the joke back. <laughs> Meanwhile, Richard and Melinda have their date at the uh, at the Chinese place, which I can't remember the name of, but everybody knows. Wong's. Wong's? Is it Wong's? Uh, it's Wong's. Disappointing. Uh, they're having their date. She keeps pressing him on the arts and the, the art issue, and he, he presents her with a books of, book of box office numbers, at which point she uh, her, all of her facade falls, and she says that he's just a... Just a number guy and not a art guy. And there's some cussing. There's some cussing. Yeah, she turns into a very crazy lady. Um, not to get all on camera shots again, but it was weird when they're doing the two shot or whatever, where they're switching back and forth. Mm-hmm. Whenever they were behind Richard, they were also behind the thing that he was in front of. Did you notice that, Paul? Uh, Do you know what I'm talking about? On his over? Like, there's like a half wall behind him or something. Oh, yeah. And well, they, sh- I don't know why it's it's framed like that. It looks very because odd. Because they would have had to move. Richard. Well, well, I mean, if if that is a location, location, then that piece is there no matter what. Yeah, you can't make it go away unless you you move Richard each time you switch. Right. Um, and then you wouldn't see his head, and then it doesn't make sense. Right. Okay. It just looked weird. You think they would have just done that during like the pre-shot to be like, oh, this looks awful. Let's shoot this somewhere else because yeah. we don't need it. But anyways, all right. Another jarring camera thing. Yeah, that, that's probably a bad call on somebody's part on the location. Totally didn't yeah. bother me. Right yeah, I didn't. Bother I, me I, I, I must I'm confess. I, oh, you mentioned it. I can, well, I can picture it, but it didn't strike me at the time. I'm wondering, you know, well, it made me think. I, I, it stood out to me, so I was like, well, why is that there? Are we trying to show that Richard is building a wall with this woman or something? Or I was trying to reach for some kind of grasp or some kind of weird no. artistic straw, they but I really do think it was just a bad location. Yeah. Stick it somewhere. I think it was just bad work on somebody's part. But basically she says all you do is numbers, and he kind of said, well, don't you do that too? And at which point she breaks down. She's obviously uh, affected by the issue. She's stuck in the numbers and wants to be isn't go. that kind of what Richard was been pining about, though, it at the end of the lesson? It has been. It has Yeah, been. he was already that's on that a little right. bit. When he was reaching to try, to try to be cast in the production and all of that. But now we know he has a new direction. Well, Wait still, a minute. It's coming, it's, it's coming to the fore now. His, 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 his issue has been, has been highlighted by this woman who is, you know, obviously was going to be all into him, but was not into him because he was no artistic. No artistic. At the end of the second season... Doesn't Mr. Archer offer Richard a job? He seems to have. Yeah, that's what what was what what was that? It doesn't seem like anybody has a new role. It looks like everybody's back where they were. Well, I've got to say uh, it, that I, I can I can reveal that there's nothing really that goes on from that. I, I kind of got the sense that that was Archer floating an idea that didn't happen, 
or something like that, or maybe they were, or maybe they were floating the idea in yeah. second season and decided not to go that way. But I mean, quite quite easily, Archer, while being pop, while, while being powerful, could offhand offer someone something at the bar and not actually be able to pull it off. Huh. Because it seemed to be he seemed to be offering the artistic director position or some sort of hybrid artistic mm-hmm. director position to him. You're right. So if he was, I mean, yeah, if right. if Macbeth continued to skyrocket and go to Broadway, it would be pretty hard to pull him out of there after that. You're right. You're right. And then everybody is looking to Jeffrey uh, for artistic direction. I mean, like literally. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's true. After the uh, after the scene at the date, then Jeffrey and Charles get to talk about Lear. And we get some uh, Charles talking about his vision of the storm and uh, making a good case for how well he knows the part and how well he knows what's going on. Mm-hmm. And he wows Jeffrey enough that Jeffrey says, you know, this, it's actually going to be you. He had me hooked. Did he have you hooked? He did, totally. Yeah? Well, they did They did play the theater magic uh, theme song <laughs> behind. I, I, yep. Yeah, I caught it, too. I noticed. Yeah. Theater magic. Weird. <laughs> but I, I, I had to put else. it in my... Yes, go ahead, Amy. What was that, Darcy? Oh, never mind. Oh, Go ahead. Okay. We'll get to that later. All right. I, I put. I also like Ben. I knew absolutely nothing whatsoever about King Lear before I started watching this episode, and now that I've listened to our new theme song all the way through at the beginning of our recording tonight, now I know the story. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I I was totally totally in the dark about this. I yeah. also wrote so. There's a common thread that all three of the main plays that they focus on the production of um, Hamlet, Macbeth, and King Lear all feature the title character going crazy. Just uh, thought that was an interesting, interesting thing that ties them all together. Of course, they're also all very popular plays that are produced a lot. Yeah. <laughs> right, but they're well, all... I'm looking forward than... to seeing where this goes. Yeah. But they're, and they're I mean, all... they're not all the same story. But they're all men that go crazy. And I mean, obviously it's Shakespeare, mm-hmm. so that's why men are title roles. But uh, The world revolves to men, around men there. It's, yeah, yeah. That's the way it is. Well, I mean, the only exception <laughs> I can think is Romeo and Juliet. Because, I mean, other plays that he has, obviously Othello or any of the other kings. The Richard Third and Fifth, right? Any of their yeah. histories. Yeah, but this, the, the, but this this is this is notable that there are there are multiple the, female leads that are uh, that are yeah. strong. But oh yeah, no, no 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 no, I'm not commenting on that. Yeah. I'm commenting on uh, on Amy's point that it's crazy or not crazy, but it's interesting that they pick the ones where the guy goes crazy. That is a very good point. <laughs> I wonder what it has mm-hmm. to say about Elizabethan society. Is it say is it is it saying something about Shakespeare or Elizabethan society as a whole? I imagine it's Elizabethan society as a whole. What the the leaders yeah. are going crazy or Yes, I think it's a commentary on that. Because Well, is there is there another can you think of a fourth play where the lead character is a powerful man that goes crazy? Henry V? Richard the 3rd is kind of power mad. Richard the 3rd? Yeah. Uh Henry the 4th? So all of them. Uh, all of them. I mean, well, they all kind of go a little berserk. And it, I mean, it's interesting that he was in Elizabethan times, so he was his uh, his monarch was not a crazy man. No, but maybe that was the point. What about the comedies? Uh, the comedies don't really go there. Do is they? there yeah. much madness in comedy? Yeah. Well, I mean, well, I mean, Midsummer Night Dream is a guy madness. gets turned into a donkey, yeah. and but, there's a there are fairies flying around. But that's just, you know, some bad mushrooms. But 
<laughs> Hard to say. But I, I, I don't see that in the comedies, no. Yeah, no, it's just interesting. I really thought the about tragedies, it. they go insane. You're right. Entirely right. Well, not Romeo and Juliet. Um, that's just, that's no, just the big they're, they're mad in love. They're mad in love. Well, yeah, that's you kind of strange, though. They're not, they don't mentally go insane. Well, I mean, Juliet right. offs herself. He offs well, yeah. himself. That's definitely not something a sane person would do. But they – oh, I don't. Oh, I disagree yeah. with that comment. Sane people kill themselves. That's, but anyway. Do you really think so? I do. Don't you think that there's something uh, – you think that with that's suicide? Sane? I think that's – I mean personally. I think if someone doesn't want to be a part of this world anymore, I think that they can be fully of their faculties and make that decision. You know what? I'm going to go with you on that, Ben, because I know that my, my long-term plan is to take a long <laughs> walk in the woods when I'm all done. So. Well, I mean especially if you're like terminally ill. Exactly. I mean why would you want to – why would you want to necessarily fight that battle? It's not necessarily – And I don't, I don't feel like naming names, but someone that's mutually mutual friend of Ben and I's. Yeah, that <laughs> fell upon especially hard times, and always said that he was going to take himself out if things got too bad. Actually, you know, went for I it. I won't take myself out. I'm just probably going to get hypothermia and some ticks, but it'll be all right. <laughs> yeah, I get found eventually. So yeah, um, yeah. So we're a little bit minorly on a tangent here. But. Yeah. Okay. It's Shakespeare. No, 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 no. It's Shakespeare. But it I mean, Shakespeare. you think it's 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. It goes it goes back to that. Yeah, one more thing about the comedies. <coughs> when yeah, when, the second you mentioned female leads, you know which were the very first two plays I thought of. They were The Taming of the Shrew and The Tempest. Right. I don't know so, either one of those. Do they go crazy in those? No. No. Crazy. But they both have female characters who are important yeah. and have agency, or or at least are interesting. Well, as long as we're on Shakespeare, yeah. I may as well point out that I, I, w- I went into this, the, the, the summary of King Lear, the, like the actual like uh, Wikipedia summary of what the plot is, and it is a lot more complicated than even the song gave us. I know. Like I said, and, you have to boy. go back and go back and go back. It's crazy. And uh, I mean, it's, it's even especially more interesting. There, there's uh, three versions that people work from. There are two different mm-hmm. quartos as well as first folio. And in the quartos, wow. there's actually lines that are completely missing and character, like the final model of the show is different depending on which version you're reading. So it's either it's, it's it's one of two characters that is giving the monologue. Right. I only ever use the folio. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sure what translations I was reading from. I won an from. award. For what? I won a Kennedy uh, Center Award for uh, theoretical design. Oh. King Lear. For this. For King, for King Lear. Lear. Absolutely. Oh wow. Cool. Yeah. It's one of my faves. Awesome. So, is Kennedy Center for Regional Theater or Kennedy Center for Education? Regional Theater. For Regional Theater. Okay. But still, Kennedy Center. Yeah, it's a pretty big deal. It felt like at the time. Yes. Now I look back, I'm like, eh, whatever. All right. Uh, so, but the upshot of the whole scene is that Jeffrey decides, okay, this is definitely this is definitely the guy. I'm going with Charles Kingman for King Lear. The, the, mm-hmm. the king man for the man that's playing king. Hmm. Can't be a coincidence. Um, <laughs> Richard is stranded on the street, holding up the junk, jumper cables. His car is broken down again. At the office, Anna tells him that that tells him that Archer was actually waiting and is about to leave. He's out in the parking lot. Richard starts to confront him and really take a take a strong backbone sense stance. Except for as you pan over, you realize that something else is going on. Anna says, "Wait!" And it turns out the board is giving him a brand new BMW for the direction he took the festival. <laughs> I'd take a oh Kia. My. I'd be so excited with that. Yeah, Kia would be good enough, right? Oh my god. Mm-hmm, definitely. My car is so old. So Archer is definitely, uh, definitely cool with Richard. My car is older this show. 
Mm-hmm. Way. <laughs> Wailed. Uh, so he calls Mr. Archer by name, right? Yes. Right. Is this the first time that we know that... I mean, we've talked about it in the past that we have called, we've called him Mr. Archer because that's what he is labeled in. But wasn't there something about how they never ever use his name? They never really did. A le- the, the final episode of last season, he, he sees him at the bar and says Mr. It. Archer. Okay. And that's when it's established. Yes. Cool. I just it, it was used many times in the scene, which is when why I made note. Yes, right. yeah. So it was. I think it was mentioned once, just in an offhand. Hey, Mister Archer, and that was it during the during the final episode of last season. Uh, did we talk about the guy who wanted to be King Lear? That's the like, next scene. Oh, okay, all right. That's the next <laughs> scene. We've got uh, Kenneth. Sorry. We've got Kenneth Welch. What well, Kenneth Welch rather in Jeffrey's office, and he's not taking the rejection lightly. I I really I I. I I really love all my co-hosts on this podcast. I really wanted Claire Laffer to be or Lafar to be on this podcast because she is such a huge Twin Peaks fan. Darcy, you're a very huge Twin Peaks fan, so it really helps yeah. that the the character that played Wyndham Earl, uh, Kyle MacLachlan's arch nemesis during the second season of Twin Peaks, was uh, was was the character was the guy in the office. I was excited. It was pretty awesome, Paul. Thank you for not telling me because it made it even more awesome. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So he's he's a real life actor. He was. Uh, Obviously, I said that you know, the main thing that American audiences would know him for is being uh, Wyndham Earl in Twin Peaks. He also was uh, Catherine Hepburn's father, played Catherine Hepburn's father in The Aviator, which is why he was talking about uh, Scorsese mm. or Marty uh, in The Aviator in the oh, office there. Oh, I didn't put that together. Excellent. And that would have been uh, right around the time. Aviator came out in 2004. Yeah, that would have yeah. been very current. After the fact, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Incurring. Interesting. I love that movie. I'm not sure I watched the whole thing. Kenneth Welsh. Um, Well, what's her name steals the show is Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Yes. She should. Blanchett. Blanchett? Yeah, I thought it was Blanchett. I get her and another person confused sometimes. Now you're thinking about the mean tweet from Jimmy Kimmel that I showed you earlier. I am! (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. What did she? What did they say about her? That she, that she was just. just everybody says she's beautiful, but she's just plain fucking ugly. Yeah, that yeah, was it. Something like that. Something. Like that. Which who? Catherine Blanchett. Yeah. Kate Blanchett. Kate Blanchett. It was a. It was a segment from Jimmy Kimmel that was linked to us from a from from YouTube itself, saying ah. watch this section. It's it's mean mean tweets read by celebrities on Jimmy Kimmel's show. So it's Kate Kate Blanchett reading a mean tweet about her from some <laughs> random fan. And in it the says, back they have REM. Everybody hurts. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes. But it was a, it was a hilarious segment, and, and as soon as we said Kate Blanchett, I was thinking to myself, Darcy's thinking about the mean tweet now. <laughs> I, I was. <laughs> Not to be mean or anything, but I kind of had that reaction with Jennifer Gardner. Jennifer Gardner. Oh, Jennifer Gardner was in that same sequence. Did you, did you, did you, did you watch? All. Did you watch that? I no. She oh, okay. looks like a duck. Ducks, right? uh, ducks like a duck's vagina. vagina. Yes, the, the tweet was. <laughs> Kate, it was Jennifer Gardner looks like a duck's vagina. Yes, an actual duck's twat. And she turns and says, that's just mean. That is just mean. But that is mean, but slightly accurate. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, okay. I have to ask. I have to ask. They're why? Like why do oh, women get the, the collagen injections in their lips so much that they look do like they, they get have the a duck beak? face? Really? Why do you do that? What is the purpose and is that attractive? Seriously. I think I think the full lips that they're going for is attractive. Like the people who actually just naturally have the full lips. Yeah. But you don't do that to your mouth. I'm just sorry. That's gross. No, Google Melody Griffith. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Duck mouth. Blah. 
Uh, oh, I can't read that. That's one of the quotes. That's a quote. All right. Uh, Richard's in the car lamenting on how much he is not an artist, and he talks to Anna about such such a thing, and she can't stand to see him crying, making her cry too. She has to leave. And then we have a comic bit that might be someone's quote, so okay. I won't mention it. Okay. Oh, about... I missed a. I missed something. I missed my second... Oh, wait, we haven't gotten to that part yet. All right. Did we... Are we about to do the scene with that other guy who gets rejected as King Lear? No, we sp- oh, we no, we just talked about that. Yeah. Okay, we did what talk- did you have? Um, have we gotten to uh, Richard breaking down in the car yet? Or That's where yeah. we're at. Oh, that's where we're at. Okay, good, because that is my other visual gag. Did anybody else notice the vanity license plates that say big ticket? Ticket. I caught that. I caught that, yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Big ticket. That's my (laughs) next vanity plate, please. Big ticket. Not that I've ever had a vanity plate, but never. Mine say baller. (laughs) (laughs) I think that one's already taken, sweet pea. Never. On my new car. <laughs> On your new, yeah. My new Kia. The, the-, the theoretical new car will have a theoretical va- vanity plate. Seriously, dude, that car is going down this year. Mm. Okay. Sadly so. Richard goes to talk to Jeffrey, and Jeffrey just really wants to do Lear. He doesn't really want to do all the meetings and everything, so he tries to tell Richard that Richard's going to do everything, and Richard isn't liking that at all. No. But then Jeffrey presses him on what he likes, why, why he's there. And whether he likes the theater at all. And Richard immediately says that he likes musicals. And Jeffrey sees his opening. Dealing with his whole problem with Darren. And dealing with it, he doesn't like musicals very much. And he tells Richard that he is in charge. He is, he is, he is Jeffrey in terms of the production of the musical. To which Richard is very happy. Happy. Very happy. Mm-hmm. And then Jeffrey takes one moment of him being happy and says, I'm going with Charles Kingman for King Lear. And walks out the door. Walks out the door while Richard is standing there twitching, basically. That was awesome. I loved it. <laughs> Which I wrote in my notes. I, sorry. I really ahead. loved how they're, they're carrying on the story arc of Richard discovering how much he, why he loves theater in the first place and finding himself as a musical theater performer guy. And it's more than just a numbers and finance guy. That's been an ongoing theme since the beginning, and I think it's really cool. I enjoy that aspect a lot. And this, so, this would actually make a pretty good close. Oh, sorry. Do you have more, more on, uh, on no, Richard? Ben? ben? Um, well, is the next scene um, yeah, Charles got, by himself? Yep, I've got the close. Okay. So, that's what I'm so as, as they have this conversation and uh, uh, Jeffrey walks out of the room and says that, I made a note that's like, you know, I think I, I'm going to like Charles Kingman as King Lear. And, and then, then <laughs> and then as, as that could have been a nice close to the episode, except for Aww. we've got revelation that King, Charles Kingman has a bit of an issue of his own. Aww. Bella Lugosi. Uh, to which I put, oh, uh, William H. Burroughs is who I thought of. Uh, I, now I love him even more now that I know that he's a junkie. Oh, I just feel sorry for him. I don't know. There's uh, something yeah, about... So did I. Old men who are heroin addicts. I don't know. It's just, it's interesting that someone that old would do heroin because it's something that I don't, you don't really see that often, with the exception of William S. Burroughs. And apparently, Bell Lugosi? Was he a junkie? Oh, yeah, Lugosi. yeah, Lugosi oh, was yeah, definitely, yeah. Totally. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Did you never see Ed Wood? Uh, it's been forever. Ben. But yeah. 
Ben. Yeah, yeah uh, Ed Wood. No, I love that movie. I own yeah, it. Yeah, you got Ed, Ed Wood. Ed Wood helping Bella Lugosi shoot up at one point. Yep. Because mm. he has to, or yeah. he'll, he'll die. Mm. Heroin is, I was, a, is a huge problem here in Minnesota right now. Yeah, so they're, they're feeling, I'm feeling really, they're, well, yeah, they're really working, they're working sad about that. They're working a huge bust right now. On, Worry, worried mm. about my children is what I am. There I am. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! If that happened to my kids, what would happen to me? And it's come nationally to the fore as well with, with I know. Mr. Hoffman. What what would happen? It is so so such a sad thing. Philip Seymour Hoffman, I should say, it just makes my heart sad. Yes. There. Yeah, that's how I feel. My I was watching this episode with a friend, and and we both had exactly the same reaction to this scene, which was, "Ew, no, just no, mm. do not want." Oh, it's so yes. sad. Yeah, totally. I mean, you, it is. You, it ruins you. It turns you into a different human. Or, I mean, if, if you can even consider that human, I don't know. It's, well, do you know people that do heroin? I, I, personally? I have not been involved in that uh, directly, but I have seen it, and it's, uh, okay. it, it, it's, um. It's such a black hole. I, I can't even I can't even describe it what it what it does to a human. It's horrible. Horrible. It's 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 worse than death, in my opinion. You think it's worse than meth? Death. I think it's worse <laughs> no, than No no no, I mean I mean I'm asking you, yeah. do you think that it is worse than meth? I because do. The, it's it's more it's more addictive than meth. It's more Oh totally, addictive. I know it's more addictive. So I think that it's worse because I think I think you can recover from meth. I've seen I've seen a person who has recovered from meth. I greatly respect that person. I have to be honest, I've never seen a person recover from heroin. All right, well, my my two cents is that I am interested to see where this goes. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was an interesting twist. Yeah, as, and, uh, as, as far as the series yeah. goes. As far as the series goes, it's yeah. really intriguing. Well, I think it's intriguing, but I also mm-hmm. think yeah, it is. Um, you know, just just from what what I know, that it's 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 a death sentence. I I don't see it going anywhere else. But let's hope let's hope my well, show brings it somewhere else. So, okay, we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I hope so. Obviously, I, hope so. I don't think that if you shoot smack once, you're gonna instantly yeah. be hooked to it forever. That is not the case. That is entirely the case. I don't think it is. I. I think I, I agree with you that it is highly addictive and it ruins people's lives and it is very hard to get off of heroin. Mm. But I don't think that it's an automatic death sentence. I, I'm not. I'm not advocating to use heroin or anything. Right. Or anything yeah. Like well, if anybody gets through it and gets out of it, you know, more power to them. They're very, very strong individual. Well, I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to lead lead people anywhere because we're only on the first episode don't of the do season. Don't do drugs, kids. I don't do drugs, kids. But I, I don't want to lead anybody anywhere. But uh, I, I do. Um, I do. I do notice. I, I did notice when I was watching it for the first time that they, you know, had the the offhanded pot references during the uh, the first and second season. Right. But this is really like actually like when you when you when you got someone shooting heroin, you're definitely going to deal with drugs as an issue. It wasn't an issue, and it was kind of, kind of they're playing pot, pot humor basically in the first right. two seasons. But what do you th- right. think about drugs in theater? Think about it. Right, oh, and yeah. I thought oh, with yeah. the introduction of this, it makes it better 
plot, better. I, w- I would say better drama, better, a more interesting story. I think it's, it's going to be a good storyline, and I, I think it's, it's a. I'm not saying that the use of heroin is good, no, but I think no. the use of heroin in the story is going to be good. Okay. Yes, I don't. I'll, I'll give you that. I don't know for a fact what we were what we were adjacent to in Bozeman, but there was a briefcase that was left at the townhouse after a party. Oh, holy hell! <laughs> And who knows? I do not know what was in the inside. You didn't inside. look in it? No, I didn't. I it don't know. Was, it was Coke, Paul. It was, Coke. it was entirely filled. That thing was, like, had the police come, we all would have been in big trouble. Hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Like I, I said, looked, I, 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 I knew we were, you said, you, said oh drugs and, you said drugs and theater, and that was what I thought of. And I remember, I was like, you come get your shit now. Yeah. So, we were lucky. Uh, well, that's the end of the episode. Uh, I'll just briefly run down what we're doing next. We'll be doing quotes, then ratings, or assignments, and then we'll have some room for predictions after that, and then we'll be out of here. Uh, is everyone ready for quotes? Yeah. Sure. Um, I will. Yep. I will. I, I, I suspect that Darcy only really has one or two she's interested in, so I'm going to possibly... No, let's it, let the other kids okay, what, go first. Yeah, who, who, who has, uh, who has well, I only have one. Okay. Well, okay. technically two, but they're kind of together. You go ahead. Uh, so the first one is, uh, yes. everyone I've got, yeah. Jeffrey. Oh, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. So, no, yeah, go so, ahead. so, uh, it goes, um, Ellen is on the phone and she's at that party and she just goes, everyone, I've got Jeffrey. And everyone's like, Arr. and then at the end of the conversation, she's like, all right, everyone tell Jeffrey we love him. And they're like, <laughs> just the, uh, <laughs> Lack of caring about uh, you know that the that the rest of them have. I thought it was very funny. I thought it was a great little joke. All right, let's give Amy her sec- her, her shot first. Now, best quote. Amy, are you on mute, Amy? Did we lose her? Did we lose quotes? Amy? We can't hear you, Amy. Yeah, she seems to be connected. Oh, no. but is she uh, is she typing in the thingy. I will no? look at the thingy. Look at the thingy, Amy. We can't hear Where'd you. We feel desperate. Where are you, Amy? Sorry. Oh, there, oh, there she is. Yay, there you are. We're so excited. Hello. <laughs> Were you getting Sorry, your notes? You. Uh, no, I just my had my notes open all this time. Okay. And I, and I am ready with quotes. Go, go Amy, go. Bunches of them. You get one. Uh, okay. <laughs> Which Sorry. one do I want to pick that probably no one else picked? Um. Make it your favorite. Let's see. Make Just it do, your, your, do favorite. your favorite. We've for got sure, plenty yeah. to pick okay. from here. Okay, okay. I'll pick the. I'll pick my last one of the episode, which is from Richard. I'm not a leader or a visionary. I'm a bureaucrat. I'm a. I'm a bean counter. Yes, but you're a good bean counter. Oh. Very supportive, Anna. <laughs> Anna Aww, loves thanks, him. Anna. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, my yeah. this is this is the one actually. I almost made Paul stop it because I was laughing so hard I couldn't I couldn't I couldn't stop. And I'm like on a, a a week of hell, and I like haven't slept, and I've been working a lot, so it just kind of affected me. Yeah, you get her started laughing when she's on one of these weeks, and she might not stop for exactly, tw- 12, exactly. 20 so, minutes. So, so Richard says, "God help me, help me, help me. How can I be of service?" That just that just totally yeah, yeah. the BMW the BMW assist guy. Assist guy gal that that totally just cracked me up. I, I was right. laughing so hard. <laughs> so it's good timing. Oh, which which one's my favorite? Which one's my favorite? I wrote down a bunch, uh, but I think my favorite. Uh, I'll go with Darren. I'll go with Darren. 
I've, lo- I've fallen in love with the musical genre. It is the art form of the common man. If you want to communicate something to the proletariat, cover it in sequins and make it sing. It's noisy and vulgar and utterly meaningless. Utterly meaningless. It's much better than cats. <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> He's fallen in love with it. With sequins. <sighs> <laughs> All right. Does anybody have a run- runner-up quote? Or is... Anybody else? That was my runner-up. Ah. Ben, do you have a runner-up? Uh, nope, I'm done. Oh. You have anything else you want, Doris? Go, Paul. Go, Paul. Well, I'm giving everyone else the second op- the, the new opening. Amy, do you have anything more? Okay. I do. Oh, go. Yes. Go. From earlier in the episode, Richard is talking to Anna after after their radio interview. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he's an artist, but does he have to be an artist all the time? Uh, I'm on the radio. That's a good one. That's a good. And one. then the uh, minister of culture. I have several from this episode. Sure. The minister of culture. Why do artists make such a big deal when they exercise basic financial responsibility? We lend you money, you pay us back. You don't get a parade and a handjob. That's right. <laughs> I didn't think you were going to the end of that one, so I figured. I'd no, I was not. not thank you. Or, or Charles Kingsman. Here come the fairies! All except for Mustard Seed, who's in dialysis. So we better take a break. <laughs> and I think it's great that Mustard Seed is in dialysis because pee is yellow. Just saying. <laughs> well, that's further than I went. Well, there you go. All right. Uh, unless anybody has any others, I think I can gloss over the last couple that I got on there. Uh, yeah, go ahead. No, I can gloss no, over. Do you, it. Oh, come on, do them, uh, do them. Okay. We oh, love them. Okay, when you get to your opening night, just before the curtain goes up, could you do me a favor? Anything. Well, anything. Suck on this, punch. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. That's all. That's all I have. That's good. That's all, folks. All right, so we're going to be looking for people's ratings. So hopefully you've picked yourself a rating and a rating system. Um, and I will uh, just randomly choose Amy to go first. Sure. Uh, okay. I this was a I I liked it and was really happy to be back watching Slings and Arrows again. So I went with six out of ten girly cars. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love it. And then again, you know, I was, I was, uh, I was really happy to get back into the swing of things with with my old pals. Um, I liked where it was going. Uh, I'm going to give it seven of ten tin thunder sheets, even though it should be aluminum. <laughs> aluminum retains. All right, Ben. Um, I also enjoyed this episode uh, mainly because I like I like the introduction of um, this new guy. Uh, Whose name I am now blanking on. Charles, Charles Kingman. Kingman, who's going to play king. Uh, and I like the fact that Darren's back. Not too keen on this barber lady. Uh, Ellen's still involved, so there's that. Um, seven out of ten uh, eye-popping eyeballs. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. With a and spoon or with a finger? Yeah, is it a spoon or, th- or fingers? What's your choice? Um, What's your choice? We'll, go, we'll go with fingers because the guy used his fingers and it didn't, then dangled by the eye cord, which was kind of cool. I totally love the spoon because you can project it further. Mm. Right. Lovely. Well, did they actually did they actually mention the spoon in this episode, or was that something we pulled out? No, they, 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 they were definitely it. they were deciding between spoons and Sometimes. fingers. Ah. I like and the fingers. 
Because that involves in that an smelling actual the hand. person smelling the hand. That's what the guy said. The you'll smell the first. You'll smell the guy's hand, and then uh, which was an interesting detail that I wouldn't have come up that with. That made me feel. Uh, I liked it. <laughs> All right, uh, I, I, you know, I, I noted, of course, that it's a, a first episode of a season. So, like the other first episodes, you got some setup going on and introducing new characters. But I really, I mean, I really, really liked the intriguing implications of the final scene. And that's with I mean that's that's my initial first mm-hmm. impression as well. I, yeah, I'm, not, totally. I'm not telling you anything about the rest of the season by saying that. So I'm going with seven out of ten ancient Chinese secret boner pills. <laughs> ancient Chinese secret. <laughs> ancient Chinese secret, huh? <laughs> it's actually Viagra. <laughs> <clears throat> Does anybody else remember that commercial? Please say that you do. Nope. Oh, we're so old. We're so now, old. Am I confabulating things? Was that ring around the collar or was that a separate thing? That well, that was ring around that the was collar. ring around the collar. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, the, 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 the era, era, ancient era. Chinese secret. Yeah, the, the 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 whole thing was it was a uh, it was a Chinese stereotypical Chinese laundry. Which in the I, 70s. Which I didn't even know was a, was a stereotype when I was living in the 70s. Did my dad tell you about that? Of Chinese course. laundry? Okay. Or? Yeah, Chinese yeah, laundry. Chinese, Chinese laundry, laundry is, a... is a stereotype from way, way back into the 1800s. Right, from the, from the oh. railroads. Yeah, from the, the, yeah, the coolies. Yep, 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 yep. The coolies that ended up opening their own businesses and whatnot. Yep. But anyways, um, yeah, there's, so there's, there's a commercial. I'm part cool to say. All right. There's the commercial uh, that, that was on television in the 70s, which was uh, the, the, the laundry was, you know, the, the person went to the laundry concerned about his uh, ring around the collar, which is, you know, another problem that's... Uh, <laughs> You don't hear about much anymore. The, the horror of regular I hear call. about it all the time. Well, you're a dry cleaner. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, associated with dry cleaning. I am. Anyways, so yeah, the the, the person comes in and 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 they uh, they say what you know what did, what did you do what how did it how did that uh, stain come out and they say ancient Chinese secret. But it was era. And then 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 at some point the payoff is that it's actually era and then they say ancient Chinese secret, huh? Yeah. So <laughs> you got to be old to get that one. Yes. I guess. I guess. I thought that went into the 80s. I thought it went into the 80s, too, but these these guys are young, Paul. I know. We're working with... Young kids we're working with here. Never mind. Hey, anybody want to know the assignment for next week? Yes. What is our assignment for next week, Paul? The assignment for next week (laughs) is Season 3, Episode 2, Vex Not His Ghost. Ooh. Oh, prediction. Hmm. I think we may see a ghost. (laughs) Oliver, and uh, as I as I try to go traditionally, I did not look up the quote specifically. It does sound like a quote, and I will look it up for the uh, opening of next episode. But this opens up time now, where uh, the newbies can make their predictions for what's going to happen this season, or what's going to happen in the next episode, at least. Anybody have uh, a pressing theory? They're well, going to start rehearsal. <laughs> Uh, all right, let me ask you this. Do you, do you guys think he's going to OD? I think, I think he's going to OD, and I think that he's, he's going to come back. Do you think he's going to... Oh, yep. do you, is he going to OD and die and then come back as a ghost like Oliver? Oh. 
I think yeah. she just or is he going to OD and survive? Recover I think he's going to recover and come yeah. back. And, I do, and too. I definitely know he's he's definitely going to OD, uh, and I agree with you. He'll probably come mm-hmm. out of it, too. But he'll use it in part of his theatrical process and that he have been, mm-hmm. has been that close to death. Okay, this doesn't reveal anything. It's a question that, that is, uh, is somewhat pressing on it. Is he going to be able to keep the secret until he ODs? Should that and happen? No, I or think something's going to be... Jeffrey's going to know. Jeffrey's going to know. Jeffrey's yeah, he's gonna know, the, but he's, gonna be he's the only one. one that's going to know, and he's going to hide it from the mm-hmm. rest of the cast. Oh, right. definitely. When he ODs, the rest of the cast will find out, and then they'll find out that yes. Jeffrey knew, and everyone will hate yep. Jeffrey. Good yep. point. And yep. this will all, and that will be the crisis at the end of episode five. Just what Correct. you just described. I yep. am absolutely yep. calling it right now. That yep. will be the all is the all power. Yeah, cannot mm-hmm. disagree. Cannot disagree. There we are, Paul. Yep. And Rachel McAdams will show up in the very last episode. <laughs> I don't think will happen, but... You can always hope, right, Ben? Yeah. Well, I, I'd rather Sean Collins show up, actually. Oh, okay. okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, I think this episode... Although, on... Oh, sorry? Although with the theater going so well, what is Sean Collins' character, Basil, going to write about to snark at them? Well, probably the uh, lead drug use. <laughs> Ah, yeah, yeah, that would be a good reason for Basil to come back. That's right. Know, those those artistic types. <laughs> always always using right. the drugs. Okay, and then plus, Darren is going to do a musical, so what what do you think is going to happen with the musical? Hmm. What is the musical? <laughs> what, what, what is going to come for us in the, the musical form from Darren Nichols? Richard! Uh- Oh yeah! Oh I've my God! Oh yeah, yeah. Tall guy reference. Tall <laughs> sorry. guy. Sorry, there is a there is a uh, there's a film called The Tall Guy with Jeff Goldblum and Emma Thompson called the, It's called The Tall Guy, and in that they're producing producing a fictional Richard the Third musical with the song number, the hit song number. I've got a hunch I'm going to be king. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, I, no, no, I like the prediction of Richard actually doing the musical or being, yeah, especially since we set up how much he is not an artistic person, although he is an artistic person. But, you know, like maybe, maybe he'll be in this musical to kind of like woo this crazy lady okay. who is only interested in artistic mm. types. Good point. Good but point. Th- does anybody have a prediction of what? What he's going to produce? What, what I, is Darren I'm putting up? I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm Not going the Humpty back Dumpty? to 2005 or 2006 or whatever the hell this was. Yes. I'm trying to think what would have been a good musical to put on at that point in time. Well, does that have to be Shakespeare? Well, no, it does not have to be Shakespeare. Shakespeare because this is the highlight of Mamma Mia. You're right. right? You're right. Yeah, well, I mean, they did have a Mamma Mia reference in the first they season. They did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. think they're going to go there again, though. Have they done... Has Wicked come out yet? No. I don't think no Wicked, Wicked was yet. out yet. No Wicked. In 2006? I don't know for sure. The Lion King! Oh, I'm sorry, Close. just kidding. Um... Uh, is there... Are there any Shakespeare musicals? There aren't, right? That's not, like a... Not really. <laughs> oh, I mean, people make yeah. it make it up all the time. It's just yeah, there really isn't. Ah, uh, it opened in two thousand three. Wicked did. Wicked did. My Wicked goodness. did. Oh my gosh! I bet you around this time, Wicked hysteria is happening. I don't think that's going to be a plot point in this. No, I don't think so. That's New York. That's I'm, I'm confused. Is is. I thought he was doing Humpty Dumpty in the New Burbage Festival. No, that yeah. was what he produced in the Netherlands. Uh, oh, I, I was confused about that too, actually. I thought he was going to do a Humpty Dumpty thing and they would do, they would sing uh, Henry VIII. 
I'm Henry the Eighth. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. I am. First, same as the first. She's been married seven times before. Thank you for it. Humpty Dumpty sat on the wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great wall. All right. All well, the king horses and all the king men couldn't put up to Has everyone had their had their uh, fill of what we were going to talk about for predictions for the for the musical? You know what, Paul? I, I have to be honest. I'm having a really hard time thinking of one. Okay. What 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 if it's cats and they all get to dress up as cats? <laughs> oh, would that not be great? The Jellicle cats yeah. will come out tonight. What is the name of the main cat? Well, Mr. it's, it's uh, R- Rumple, Rump- Rumtum Tugger, Rumtum Tugger, Griselda, Mr. Mistopheles, Mr. Grisabella, yeah, Mr. Mistopheles, Mr. is what I'm thinking of. Um, and what a in uh, Rumple Teaser and Mungo Jerry. All right then, I don't know. Cheeseburger. <laughs> and Garfield and Heath. <laughs> he wasn't Nerble. in it. You know, you, you're totally making this up, Ben. And don't forget Top Cat. Don't forget Nerble? Top Cat. Hazel, quit Top looking cat. cute. And Hazel. Hazel the bad cat. Hazel the bad cat. Catwoman. <laughs> Selena Kyle. Selena Kyle. <laughs> oh, Is that Halle Berry? <laughs> I, was, I was thinking which version of Selena <laughs> I'm going to go with Earth again. <laughs> Earth, Earth again, Paul. Earth again. There you go. <laughs> any any other musical predictions? I'm really having a hard time with this. Any one. other famous cats? I'm like pajama game. Jinx uh, from uh, Fox. Guys and dolls. Uh, anything goes. I mean, Pirates of Penzance, right? That already happened they last season. Happened. Happened. It already happened. You could, but they did that last season. South Pacific. Yeah, it could be another Gilbert and Sullivan. Camelot. Could always do it. Jimmy Spinner. Could, could do the Mikado or. Oh. Or the Mikado, yes. Chicago. That'd be awesome. Oh, Gilbert. Gilbert. Sound of music. Cymbeline. Sorry. Paul's laughing at me. I'm having a hard time just, here, Paul. I'm just letting you roll with this. Eventually, we're going to have to have to move Shrek. on. Shrek. 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 Shrek oh, hadn't come out that yet. That was definitely then. not a musical. Oh, game. totally. Not by then. The musical Shrek? The musical They Shrek. could do the drowsy chaperone. The drowsy chaperone. Because that was what was Bob Martin's big thing before they, before they did the show. Oh, dear. Oh, you're right. 2008 was the first performance of the Shrek musical. Hmm. Mm. Mm. I just heard someone on a podcast talking about the Drowsy Chaperone the other day. I think this episode's gone a little bit longer than normal, but uh, it's, we're coming around to the uh, coming around to the end. Uh, ben, where else can we find you online? Should we search? Uh, if you search, um... <laughs> I'm not talking about googling. <laughs> where, where you can, can we find, find me at? at West Berlin and my <laughs> practice for Professor Benjamin Pfeiffer. Uh, so got a finger with your name on it. <laughs> Um, no, for reals though, you can uh, on all the general social media things. I'm living on the air uh, for Twitter or Instagram or anything like that. Um, also, I still do a podcast, although it hasn't been released in a while, um, called Enumeration. Find out more at enumerationpodcast.tumblr.com. Uh, there may be a taking to the streets with our youngest enumeration listener ever. Uh, I have the file. I have yet to release it though. Well, there you go. That's it. Other, otherwise, you can find me walking down the street in Chicago. I take the train a lot. Usually the brown line. Ooh, excellent. I'm the blue line. <laughs> it's not the same. Oh, I used to live here, on the blue line, actually. Here. Yeah, it's our oh. blue line. Our blue line. Yeah, we have a different blue line here. Huh? 
It's not the secret black train. No. <laughs> Which is a Ramjack reference. Amy. I am Amy Bowen on several social media things, uh, primarily on Twitter and Amy <clears throat> Amy Bowen writes, as in writing a book, on Instagram. And those are my only major online presences, really. All right. Darcy, where else can we find you? Apparently, I have some mad beats. Yeah, you have mad beats because your Twitter account, uh, someone got confused about how many letters they were putting in, in Mad Hatter. And, yeah, well, you know. And I can't even remember what letters we had in Mad Hatter. I know that we, didn't, we, we did not accomplish getting you the Twitter account Mad Hatter with a single D and, the, and no, two T's and a single no, R. Uh, no, no. But in any case, uh, she has a Twitter account. You might be able to find her. She doesn't tweet. I don't. I mean, I, I read them when they come across, yes. but I don't. I don't. Well, you're a lawyer. But I there really are. Am. But there are people that uh, apparently have been tweeting lately that she's got some mad beats playing on uh, a radio station in Florida or something like something that. Something like that. But uh, do you do you have plans to possibly do a, uh, a Shakespeare podcast potentially? I'm not announcing it. It's oh, happening. Wow. Is there thoughts wow. of it? We really hadn't hadn't gone anywhere with that, have we? I don't know. No, we. No, but not really. Should. I need to. We really, really should. I'm. I should remind everybody. I think you. It was you, me, and one other my, Naomi Starziak. Da- Dana, my my and Dana. Uh, yeah, she's my my girlfriend from the second grade. We're still best buddies. BFF. Yeah, that's right. I th- it apparently it's tentatively going to be titled "Through the Pages of Shakespeare." At least, hmm. I think. Excellent. Although the. I think it was either Dana or Naomi already created a Facebook page, but it's just named Through the Pages Dash Shakespeare, and there's a space on either side of the dash. Mm. And I'm real. I'm actually really excited about it. Yeah. And my 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 pal might have more time in the summer months because she's a teacher. Mm. So she's a teacher. Right. Teacher, so right. That might work True. out better for her. Not so much for me though because mm. I'm, I'm being taken down. It's bridal season. It's bridal season. My thing. My mm-hmm. fingers are literally bleeding. All right. That's um. Awesome. Well, all of that could have probably been done off pod, but we'll leave it on. We'll leave it on the episode. Up. Uh, hey, Paul. Hey, for me. Where uh, else can other people find out more info about you, sir? Well, pretty much. I you know I, I don't know that I have anything. Uh, any other major podcasts that I do myself, although I can be found other places. You can find me as a guest. Uh, on uh, nearly every episode of the Enumeration Podcast, as previously mentioned, in a Blast from the Past segment. CC. The the, the current episode that came out was listed as a part one of two, and when I didn't find a Blast from the Past, I figured it was because I'm at the end of the second episode. You are at the end of part two, which I am passively editing. (laughs) And I am am extremely backlogged on getting back to my Blast from the Past, but I think I might have a good six or seven into you anyway. Yeah, yeah, I've got plenty of material to work with, so We're no, don't, have no rush. Three weeks with no kids, Paul. Just saying. sometime in the early summer, yes. Oh, and I, and, and speaking of uh, speaking of release schedules, I'm going to go out on a limb and I'm going to tell everyone Uh-oh. that this recording date is April 25th, and I intend to 20, attempt, 2014, 2014, and I intend to try to have this episode out. Uh, within a week. Oh my uh, god, uh, Paul! You have just 
committed oh, a fallacy because crap. now it won't come out for two months. Well, I, you know, <laughs> every time I try to be predicting on when I release hey. shit, it's always late. I've, I've got to say you say that, but I, I have to get myself into practice of releasing within a week because I have coming up the Idgicast. Oh, dear. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. so the Idgicast so has, uh, has my, uh, my lovely wife, Darcy, yeah. and it has Yvette from the Investigating Mars podcast. It has John Pavlich from the Sofa Dogs podcast. And it has one more newbie host that wow. can't be mentioned yet because we haven't rolled it out online yet. But Very nice. once we are into Supernatural, I, I hear there's a lot of episodes of that series. And uh, so we're going to attempt to do one a week, and I'm going to attempt to have episodes out. Like, you know, we'll, we'll record them, and then I'll have them out before we record the next. So that's we'll the challenge. Have to keep them short and I need to work track. on it. Greetings, everyone, from the freezer room. The day as I'm recording this is April 30th, 2014, and I am wrapping up the edit on this episode on my lunch break, and I just wanted to report that I am pretty much within the week predicted. Not quite as quick as I wanted to be, but I think if I hadn't had an extra day off where my basement flooded, I probably would have gotten this done exactly when I wanted to. So, anyways, there's the update, and I will uh, finish editing and get it up onto the blog and hopefully into your feed pretty much with in the week that I anticipated. Yay! Bye. We'll see. When, uh, when are you expecting episode one of uh, the Idgitcast to come out? The Idgitcast is likely going to... I'm... It's, it, yeah, June is going to be what it's going to happen. I was intending initially to only be working on one podcast at a time, but there's a chance... That we'll be working on Educast concurrent with Slings and Arrow with the, with the uh, Ghost Light. We only got five more of Ghost yeah. Light. We'll, we'll yeah. wrap it up quick. Although I'm sad about that. You're sad about the, the fact that this is so finite? Yeah. And we have such a great cast of characters with us? I'm, I'm really sad because I don't know when I'll get to talk to Ben again. Oh, bad. Ben I again. Know. <laughs> I'll get to see Amy when I when I, yes. when I yeah. be there. We'll work on seeing Amy. But I don't know when I'll get to talk to Ben again. Hey, we have multiple friends in Chicago. We just need to make the plan. We do. Yeah. Three weeks of kids away again sometime and to get on that. Where are your kids going? They are going to go spend some time with their grandpa in Colorado. Oh, nice. And the way that we typically drive... Uh, Almost always takes us through Omaha, so yep. and it, it, okay. it, can de- it can definitely take us through Omaha for this occasion. Yeah. Oh, very cool! Way. I'll be looking forward to it. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Thank you for listening to the Ghostlight Podcast. We will have details on our theme song and all other information at the end of this episode in a pre-recorded format, and we'll have any outtakes. And I don't know if we have any of this episode. So uh, from Elk River, Minnesota. This is Paul Mackey saying good night, and Darcy saying Austin. And from Omaha, Nebraska, this is Amy Bowen saying good night. And from Chicago, this is Ben saying good night. You scholars of English, one question I'll ask. To answer, you won't find a difficult task. Of Shakespeare's great heroes, which one would you pick to award him first prize for being totally tick? Othello, you know, was a gullible dupe, and Hamlet's delaying landed him in the soup. But the stupidest moron in all of Shakespeare was that old king of England, the man they call Lear. The Ghostlight Podcast and many other fine podcasts can be found at quadruplez.com. You can send your own feedback to us in a number of ways. We are on Twitter at GhostlightPC. 
Find us at facebook.com slash groups slash ghostlightpodcast. Please keep discussion there spoiler-free. If you want to comment on future episodes, the newbies don't check the phone or email. Call our voicemail line, 206-309-9389. Or email us, theghostlightpodcast at gmail.com. Theme song for Season 3 is King Lear by Brendan Nolan off his Songbrook CD. Music and lyrics by Con O'Driscoll. And is used by permission from both songwriter and performer. Find all of Brendan Nolan's music at www.brendannolan.com. Three daughters he had in the course of his life. Although we're not told what befell his poor wife, I'll bet she ran off to avoid going insane after years of enduring that pompous old pain. At the Donkey and Crown, where he drank every night, the locals all knew poor old Lear wasn't bright. When they said, Your Royal Highness, we love and revere, the old fool lapped it up and bought everyone beer. Taste this. Oh, we're sure in beer here. Put this in your mouth. <laughs> oh. That's fine. I'm dipping my tea bag right now. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Tastes like, that tastes like soda pop, but it's beer. It tastes like soda pop? I just ate chocolate. Oh, okay, so it's going to have the chocolate effect. Like yeah, no, soda it's a, pop? It tastes it's like a, Yoo-Hoo with bubbles. It's an imperial stout with roasted cocoa nibs and habanero peppers. Ooh, that actually really sounds pretty good. good. It is really good, especially uh, after eating part. the chocolate. It's really good. You should actually, have you ever had egg pep- and eat you can egg. try eat, it? It's eat. like really good. I'm not kidding. Oh, you want me to eat a chocolate egg and then try it? Yeah, I do. Okay, and then we'll get back on on track here. What was Ben saying? <laughs> what tangent bell? Yeah, no kidding. I know. Not even started this tangent bell. <laughs> you have to um, eat a chocolate egg. Okay, I will eat a chocolate egg. Paul. Yes. At the age of fourscore and in fear of expiring, King Lear told his girls he intended retiring. Of loss of his faculties, sadly he moaned, as if he could forfeit what he'd never owned. He said that his kingdom he planned the partition, provided his daughters fulfilled one condition. Before I hand over this rich legacy, you must tell me how much you admire me, said he. You know, I sent in a couple of our things to to uh, Ramjack when we were talking about Ramjack in our podcast. Really? But, oh yeah. Oh good. But I kind of have a feeling that that Brad found them dull. dull. Yeah, probably. Because soon after I sent them, he said, "Hey, if there's voicemails and they're dull, I'm not going to play them." <laughs> <gasps> oh, Paul, you're so dull. Now the two eldest daughters named Gonrel and Regan knew well what he wanted, so promptly they began to swear how they always did love and respect him. They thought that the sun rose each day from his rectum. Says Cardelia, the youngest, being honest and true, can't you see Dather taking the piss out of you? King Lear lost a head and began to scream at her, but still she refused her ill father to flatter. Afida say. <laughs> Our feet are stained. <laughs> what is the song Edelweiss? What's that? Edelweiss. It's, it's a, a kind of flower. It's a little okay, kind all right, of flower. Right. What's the song that the kids Edelweiss. sing as they're going to bed? Ah, so long, farewell. I'll be to say good night. There you go. I do, I do to you, and you, and you. Oh, so good, Ben. I love it. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that movie's great. Musical, musical, rapid hey, and sequence. I fucking love musicals. They're oh, I never asked everybody what their prediction on the musical was, but we'll have to do that. 
I hope it is. Oh, oh wait, 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 okay, wait, wait. Everybody stop. Everybody stop. Everybody stop here. We're going back. We're, this, this. Back will, in time. I'll insert. I'll insert this somewhere. Can you so, please play the Bill and Ted music before? Okay, no, go ahead. <laughs> no, because we're we're gonna edit this in seamlessly. 